This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. everybody welcome back to the project manga podcast where we cover one piece my hero black clover marshall dr stone and jujutsu kaisen week to week back this week covering weekly shonen jump issue number 38 i'm your host eagle Knox. and as always before we get started we'd ask you that you take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts such as twitter online communities like discord places to listen to the podcast wherever you would prefer, as well as links to support the podcast through our Patreon or our online shop. Also, there's uh, timestamps down in the description you can use to conveniently navigate through the video if you want to avoid spoilers for series that you're not current in. And uh, while you're down there, like the video and subscribe to the channel for more weekly content. Also, my little cousin Tamaya wanted me to shout her out in this recording, so... Hi, hey, Tamaya. What up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck> Yo. <laughs> Fire ass weekend jump. Yeah. Fire ass weekend jump. Let's Absolutely. Go. As always, I want to say. Hell yeah. <laughs> as always, usually. Yeah. Might as well get right into it. Yes. Chapter 155 of Jujutsu Kaisen Fever. Loved it. Yes. I loved, like, not only the skepticism from Yuji. You know, at the beginning of this chapter, at uh, at the offer or the proposal from Hakari, but the following dialogue that we get from Hakari about the fever, quote unquote, and yes. how it drives all people, whether they're deceivers, the de- you know the ones being deceived, right? Like the the dialogue about you know how people don't hate gambling, mm-hmm. they hate losing, yes, and fucking and feeling bad about it afterwards. But it's really what drives all people that fire within you that that yeah. want for more or uh excitement i right. just think that dialogue we got from him was a really nice encapsulation of like just people you know yeah yeah like that's he's a, spitting it's one of my favorite things about jujitsu kaisen writing is i feel like there's always the the this like um these character interactions always have whenever they're getting philosophical you know and whenever you're seeing the kind of people that you're dealing with for the first time for real it always is like wrapped up in like a metaphor or it's like some kind of like really cool thought-provoking concept or angle of like human life that like we never really think about you know what i mean and it, it even takes it so far as to when yuji's like when he's explaining the the <laughs> you know the fever and the, the 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 fire and gambling or whatever and it's making a lot of sense and then all of a sudden yuji's like don't people don't some people just want to live peaceful lives? And he like, I feel like that's it, addressing how um, over the top and like hyperbolic, you know, anime and manga can be. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, because 
this fever stuff is like it sounds really good like if you put yourself in a comic but then yuji kind of brings it back to reality like yeah that's like whatever but like there are some people out there that just kind of want to chill <laughs> and hakari's right? like eh, well i don't know anyone like that back to the manga you know what i mean and it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> i love that you know I, I i loved the interaction it's one of my favorite things about jujutsu kaisen when especially characters that we've been waiting to see something for like hakari's pretty hyped up you know what i mean yeah up until this point and his kind of um showing as a character since his legitimate introduction has been has been uh has been great talk of the town yeah yeah and uh i did not really expect it to devolve as qu quickly as it did into until like hands you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah you know like they're there he's like you want to get high on my fever literally gets yuji gets another half a sentence out his phone starts ringing he sees it's kirara and he is about that action yeah. right away hey bro yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think and he it, saw that it was i think he saw the phone call come in and he's like all right time to test this kid and see if he's jujutsu high for real and then he's like so what about gojo and like it's funny because like yuji's like thinking a little bit more you know what i mean he's like okay he mentioned gojo I remember uh, Megumi was like, don't bring up, you know, Juju too high till the end. So Yuji is trying to, you know, do what he thinks that he needs to without just being an idiot or whatever. Yeah. But he's still dumb at the end because he... He played it wrong. He played it wrong. Is, yeah. He's like, who doesn't know Gojo? You yeah. know what I'm saying? The only <laughs> reason why you would be acting like you didn't is if you really wanted me to think you ain't hip with the shits. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. I loved that. But... Yeah, I was wondering, like, why would you ever pretend like you didn't know Gojo? Especially if you, if you've already had it, you know, put out there that you have a cursed technique or whatever, right? Or that you're using cursed energy. That you're a sorcerer. That you understand guy, the sorcerer yeah, culture. Yeah. Like Hakari says, like, there isn't a person in the Jujutsu world that doesn't know of Satoru Gojo. That's you know right. What I'm saying so. Why are you playing stupid right now? Yeah. yeah why was... pretend you don't? <laughs> he said, you know "Oh, bet." <laughs> <laughs> so he okay so look at what he does though on like page 10 he fucking like does some some shit and then like doors like start flying at fucking yuji yeah right? he like he's got some it seems really similar to like what kirara is doing outside or like remember yeah. how we were talking about how we didn't know whose ability it was and how it was like being set up to obviously be kirara's or whatever and it still probably is but like like i was saying that could be some kind of situation with a tandem curse technique i know i made like a reference to, to hunter hunter last week i think but like it's just weird that they have similar techniques like this to this degree you know what i mean like yeah. attraction and repulsion like it seems like especially since we've we've gotten this all this dialogue from him about this fever heating up you know yeah. cooling down and, yeah <laughs> uh, you know what we get what do we get from you know at the end of the chapter about how um or not the end of the chapter but the end of this kind of exchange we get from them where usually headbutts him and says like listen to me and he's like no because now i feel cold like yeah yeah we're getting a lot of this dialogue from him alluding to the fact that his ability May, might have something to do with like heat mm -hmm. or like temperature control mm -hmm. which is like super confusing now especially that we get like a little bit of how his ability functions yeah in this attraction and repulsion or like bringing objects together like how does that function within heating and cooling things you know it's like yeah i don't know that's just it's really strange really <laughs> hard to figure out but we did get the dialogue from um kirara 
or somebody in this chapter about Kira how... Ross said something about how like the jujutsu um higher ups like have an issue with um hakari's technique because of how complicated it is i think the whole conversation exactly, that yeah. like yeah that panda they and like Kira are having is like they like you know really transparent like easy to understand you know jujutsu right here on page 16 in the middle panel kirara is saying um they have or maybe this is panda saying this i think actually because he got the last dialogue bubble after yeah. or the, on the previous panel yeah they have specific ideas about what jujutsu should be like mm -hmm. they have they like conventional jujutsu that's easy to understand like kugisaki's curse technique so like yeah it's alluding to the fact that you know kirara's hakari's techniques they're getting into that more into that like really complicated yeah. functionalities and right. stuff like that um right. super high that they don't really stuff. want yeah mm -hmm. so it, it makes sense that we're not able to like deduce what's happening right now but and especially because you know Gage is like know. trying to leave trying to lead us down <laughs> yeah trying to <laughs> like swear to god yeah for real like trying to like make us be confused you know what i mean because it's like there's so much dialogue here that implies abilities or that we are assuming implies abilities and then there's actual abilities happening physically in front of us that kind of contradict the assumptions that we were making off of the dialogue so it's definitely the confusing part is definitely there i i think that there still could be a chance that this hot and cold stuff still is related to distance in some way whether it is um you know hot and cold is in like you're getting closer so you're hotter you're farther away you're colder that could be in relation to hikari's understanding of a situation you know what i mean when he's hot he's like in control and like fully understanding of what's going on and then when he's cold it's like okay there's information that i don't have i'm a little bit more confused than i was before about the situation now i'm cold now i feel cold yeah. after the headbutt you know what i mean so like he doesn't know what's going on outside with kirara but he knows that she's in trouble and that you know they just called him so he knows that that's a big deal so now there's information missing there that he wants to know you know so now he's not fully in control of the situation and now he feels cold that's kind of how i interpreted that but at the same time it's like you there there's no there's not enough dot connecting that is like you know happening it's like there's just a bunch of like okay so he said this and then did this so then that could mean this it's just a, still a bunch of speculation and that's what i love about jujutsu kaisen is that like people don't outwardly proclaim what their abilities do all the time unless it makes yeah. sense to you because of the you know the um, it the, strengthens the, it. the contractual stuff inside of like the strengthening of your technique by revealing what it does but not everyone does that we don't have that very very many examples of that you know what that's I mean? only it's, like last minute shit i think when they know they're about to win they're like let me yeah. power up my shit just to put this nail in the coffin you know right shit. type shit yeah exactly you know but like other than that abilities are mysteries you know what i mean and they're constantly using them until they're officially revealed so week to week we have all of these conversations that we could have about what the ability is you remember the inverse guy you know from from the the shibuya incident arc with the fucking like netro outfit and like you know the inverse like technique or whatever with like we were talking about that motherfucker shit for like weeks the the, the community was juking off that guy bro and you know what i mean <laughs> didn't he get just smacked around by fucking toji just like wop 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 just no 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 no. so no so um he was fighting yuji and because i remember the muscle bound dude right that you're yeah. talking about yeah he has yeah. like the heart he has like like the haramaki like zoro around his like waist yeah. or whatever. and then like other than that it's like just netero's outfit and then he's got like you know the the beard and the the weird hair on top yeah and the big ass eyes yeah that dude he was fighting yuji and megumi two on one 
And then, you know, they found out that his ability was inverse, so fucking Megumi, like, hit him with a frog's tongue at, like, barely any damage, and he was like, Ugh! and he, like, coughed up a bunch of blood, and then Yuji went to go, like, rock him, and he was like, inverse, but then, like, Yuji, like, slowed down his fist at the last second to not apply as much, like, power, which yes. then was a bunch of power. Yeah, that whole thing. Like, that whole part of Shibuya incident was awesome because we were like, what is this man's power? You know what I mean? And that happens all the time in here, and that's one of, like, the best things about Jujutsu Kaisen, I feel like from a conversational standpoint, week to week, you know, as reviewers or analysts or whatever, is that we get to have these kind of conversations. And then whenever it's revealed, it's either like, ah, we got it, which is very rare. Or it's like, oh my god, they did it again, you know what I mean? Which right. is usually what happens, so. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. I really, really, really wish that this, in this situation, that we could, like, just guess it before it's told to us. Because there's just so much here for it there's so much being left you know for us each week to kind of like try to figure it out but knowing yeah. gege there's just like actually nothing that could have possibly told us what it was and we're just overthinking everything <laughs> and we literally just have to wait for the explanation but either way it's exciting it's fun to look at and it's jujutsu kaisen <laughs> this yeah. headbutt panel on fucking page 14 and Hakari's just, like, just like, oh, word? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, shit. Because, like, that's where Yuji, like, goes. You know what I mean? Yuji be headbutting people, bro. Like, like that's, like, whenever he's, like, all right, it's time for you to listen to me. Or something. I don't know if he's ever said that. But, like, that's usually, like, you know, the palate cleansing. Like, okay, holy shit, this kid is serious type move. And Hikari's just like, nah, son. <laughs> well, and, yeah, it's funny because, like, Yuji looks like he's looking right in and they're just looking right in each other's eyes. He's like... <laughs> you <ain't> yeah. shit yeah <laughs> so good and then, uh, yeah we move into this the second half of the chapter where we get this bit about you know the curse technique complications and how it, you know jujutsu um the jujutsu elders i guess you know yeah. don't really like complicated techniques or whatever they like to keep keep it simple yeah so that they can properly you know send your perfect counter at you if they ever need to yeah. take you off the fucking chessboard or something like that they want to perfectly understand exactly how your techniques work so that that if you ever do need to be neutralized or whatever at any point in time they have like all the facilities to do that or at least what they believe to be the facilities necessary you know to to handle you <laughs> I, at least that's kind of how i took it right because like think back to like yaga and gaku ganji you know when yaga died however long ago they're like really really trying to understand like what his technique is about and that's for like a multitude of reasons but at the end of the day i like i feel like that's just a blanket thing across jujutsu higher-ups it's like for ultimate control you need ultimate understanding of what all your pieces can do so and uh i like this little bit of dialogue we get from kirara where she's like, Kin's technique, he's, Kin's technique is a perfect example. The big shots have it all backward. That's why they lost. So is this implying that he, like, took on some of the Jujutsu elders and flexed on them, fucked them up a little bit before he before he left out of this situation? Oh, it could, it could be. It could be in relation to, like, what happened when they originally suspended him. Or yeah. I was the way that I kind of took it was that she was talking about how, like, they couldn't understand his technique. Hikari didn't want to play ball or whatever. So he was like, go fuck yourselves. And they were like, well, then you're suspended. And then because they suspended Hikari, they didn't have one of their best players during Shibuya incident. And that's why they lost Shibuya incident. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of like how I was, how I took it when I first read it. But I think it could well, also be related to 
the time that he was suspended as well. I didn't think about that before. I I think the only the only thing that might go against what you're talking about is the mm-hmm. fact that they don't know about the Shibuya incident really and whether Oh, that's right because she, yeah. Because she doesn't know, you know, Gojo got sealed. She like is yeah. shocked as fuck when they say that like no way Gojo lost and like doesn't believe him at all. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's totally right. I I Yeah. So So that's yeah, that's got to be in relation to or maybe maybe she's you know just saying oh they lost in a in mm-hmm. a kind of a mental games sense where he just beat them intellectually or something. Oh, you know, sure. It doesn't necessarily have to mean he like flexed on the Jujutsu elders and beat him in a curse technique battle or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, right. I just think that would be tight if if they were like fuck you bitch like get out of here we don't yeah. want you and he's like I don't want you either. Rah! Like fucks him <laughs> yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to go. Now that you mentioned that, like, I definitely think that it can't be what I originally thought before because they straight up say, like, Gojo got... Or maybe... No, 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 no. Because, like, they know about the Shibuya incident. Just because they don't know about Gojo being sealed doesn't mean they don't know that the Jujutsu world clearly lost to whatever right. malicious entity, you know, was was kind of um, at the root of that. So, you know what I mean? Like, this is probably the biggest loss that modern jujutsu the modern jujutsu world has 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 seen you know what i mean because they've had said gojo there for you know i don't even remember how old he is i think he's like 20 something 25 or something like that maybe you know what i mean so for at least the last like 25 years they haven't seen anything like this so i don't know like what you know contemporary jujutsu culture like what timeline that's all you know encompassing but i want to assume that this is like the most drastic villainous event in significantly recent times yeah (laughs) you know what i mean so like they know yeah they know that they lost even if they don't know that gojo was sealed so because i mean this is like sakuna scale damage because he's the one that fucked it all up and then obviously um brain coon or what's what's his actual name kenjaku Kenjaku, yeah. Kenjaku mm-hmm. is the one who like started all this crazy culling game shit. Yeah. Um so it's like a it's like a tandem thing, but as far as like the scale of damage yeah. to the country, mm-hmm. I would say like this kind of thing probably hasn't happened in hundreds of years. Right. And, you know, until the last time Sakuna was out type shit, because right. he's the one that did the physical damage to the most of the city. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because like Sakuna was around in the Heian period or whatever they they said Mm -hmm. and he was running amok and it took like all the sorcerers or whatever to take him down at that point in time so this is probably a similarly cataclysmic kind of situation that definitely the modern world hasn't seen because sakuna's been jammed up for who knows how long i think since then i I think that i think yeah i think yuji is yuji eating the finger and bringing him back to a to a conscious state is the first time sakuna has been back since he was defeated so yeah i I feel like this is the most drastic shit since then yeah if you combine the uh, you know the culling game shit on top like the after effects i think um i think it's hasn't it been stated yeah jujutsu only exists within japan so own um, only i i know that it's like the highest there because they have like their they're you know we've had the conversation on the show before about how much more super, had, yeah. how, how much more superstitious japan is you know than a lot of other areas in the world you know what i mean besides probably america but america 
like or just like western religious like areas like don't have it's not like um it's not like kind of like dipping into like mythology and in, in the same you know sense as like shintoism is like all about monsters and demons and like oni and shit whereas like in the west like for judeo-christian you know theism you have heaven hell angels demons it's like yeah. very black and white it's not like i mean maybe there is a lot more in there that i'm just not familiar with but it seems like there's a lot more to do with this kind of vibe, you know, that we see in Jujutsu Kaisen in Japan more so than anywhere else. So that's where like the densest concentration of cursed energy is, is what I remember it being. But if there's specific dialogue that says nowhere else has this kind of shit, then that's pretty wild, actually. That's what I thought I remembered. But you also, you know, I would I would say you're you have a higher chance of being right about it than I do, mm. for sure. Mm. Um, just because you have delved into this specific series a lot more yeah sure and just because of the hunter parallels like yeah <laughs> i fuck with jujutsu kais and it's it's at least top six in jump for me right now if not you know top five i'm only saying six because just to save myself but for sure <laughs> um, but yeah dude like, like i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's just that like the densest concentration of cursed energy and cursed shenanigans are going on in Japan and that everywhere still has cursed energy, but it's just not as people aren't as scared of things, you know, everywhere else or whatever in this world, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, what I was going to say is like, mm -hmm. I think, you know, in at least Japan, this has to be, you know, with the Sakuna damage combined with the, you know, uh, Kenjaku shit, like, yeah, this has to be the largest scale. You yeah. Know, cataclysmic event they've seen mm -hmm. in hundreds of years mm -hmm. maybe even in history yeah i want to say that makes sense we got to see what we got to see what these cohen games do <laughs> right. but we'll easily be able to just like link the events together almost for like one big you know villainous consequence of the arc you know what i mean so yeah, yeah i doubt i doubt they've seen something like this in a really long time I'm wondering what Megumi's about to do with the rabbit escape here, though. Is he, uh... Yeah, I think he's gonna test the, like, limits of the, um... Repulsion and stuff. Of the repulsion, right? Because, like, besides rabbit escape, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, no, he could definitely summon multiple Shinigami at a time. Okay. Well, I was gonna say that the rabbit escape could be used to just see, like, you know, what... Like, is it all things, you know, tied to the user are, you know, repelled or retracted or whatever? Or do you have to, like, pick and choose targets? Because if you have to pick and choose targets, then, like, 99 out of those 100 rabbits are going to be able to go do whatever they want. You know what I mean? Right. So I think this is a part of his um, trial and error. Or maybe he's already figured it out. He could, he could definitely have already figured it out. Because Megumi be working in his head off screen a lot, I feel like. And then you right. just, like, and then it's, like, revealed, you know, when... You know when the target is kind of um you know neutralized exactly what his thought process on everything was so um so yeah it could either be he's testing something right now or what's more likely just based off of the history of his character he i think he's pretty much figured it out and he's testing his hypothesis in that regard yeah i would agree yeah for sure great chapter though i think yeah, we I think finally that's... find out what the technique is next chapter though i want to yeah say. I want to say. At least, at least Kiraras. Yeah, it, because yeah. yeah, I think what you're saying about Megumi here is definitely correct. He's at least got a hypothesis and is like testing out trial and error stuff to figure out how it works, at the very least. So for sure, if not if not implicit dialogue from Kirara on how it functions, we'll we'll definitely get yeah. a solid 
deduction. Somewhat educated deduction of, yeah. of what's going on here. Yeah. From Megumi, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. Great chapter. But I, uh, yeah, I think that's about all I had for this one. Yeah, I'm good for sure. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 207 of Dr. Ishtuni. Linking the circuit diagram. Fire. Yes, yes. I love the appearance from Zeno in this chapter. Just yes. Calm, cool, collected in a chair. Like, what's up? Y'all need a little bit of knowledge? Let me drop it on you. I'm the king uh -huh. Zeno in here. Yeah. And I'm glad that we did get a peek at Zeno because, like, I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't know how they're going to, like, do that because I, I know that Zeno needs to be or at least should probably be, you know, like one of the more prominent characters moving forward. You know what I mean? Now that he's like, is like kind of like villainous arc is kind of like the, the first villainous arc. We still have no idea what is really going up with him. I think we can assume comfortably that he is going to be an ally since now they have a shared um, enemy inside of Y-Man together. Now that they've kind of like gone through the events of the last arc and whatnot and everything seems kind of cool. So, but I'm still, I'm still going to keep Zeno, you know not entirely trusted at least for me right now because it's just you never know with him but my point is that i think that he's still going to be a pretty prominent member even though he's a, a member of the cast even though he's in a completely different part of the world than the main cast and who it's following so it's cool to see that they're giving him this role here of like we can make a fax machine don't even worry about it i already like know like what's good like i hope that we get little bits from him throughout in this kind of way because i love him as yeah. a character and i definitely don't want him to just kind of be relegated to you know fully to a background character even though he's across the world i damn near like him just as much as senku maybe even more at times you oh know what I'm saying? I'm like, man this guy zeno man yeah. he's so clean got the pompadour oh yeah. ah yeah, the his... black jacket on him with the with the with the bouffant tie or whatever it's called i don't even know what it's called yeah his design is drastic absolutely but yeah just keep him in the series at least just so that we can get his character design sometimes <laughs> <laughs> at the very least but dude, this was a big I chapter still, oh yeah go ahead i was just gonna say these metal claws on his fucking yeah. hands have always perplexed me have we like have we ever gotten an explanation on why he wears these yeah i think we have but i can't remember off the top of my head uh and you like can't even like easily like google it <laughs> oh I wait no even know. here we go here we go reddit what the hell are these things on his fingers yeah, nobody knows the answers. Maybe he yeah. plays guitar. <laughs> Maybe he plays guitar. He, like, always is using them to grab shit. You would think, like, these metal things would not allow for, like, delicate handling of stuff. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's got to be, like, some... Man, and I want to say I remember something in, like, the, the series. about. I know, I know that he was, like doing something with morse code with them but maybe that's like yeah. not a thing but remind us down in the comment section yes. if we're forgetting about you know implicit statement of why he wears these goddamn things on his fingers the bugles or if it's still just a mystery he, the bugles yo <laughs> yeah. he got the paper claws like oh <laughs> yeah for sure shouts out to the origami paper claws in middle school man yeah, those are the sure. dopest yeah Holy absolutely shit. wow but, me back. Um, the fax machine is dope Fax machine is I love cool. It. It's cool little simple technology, communications technology, um, trying to like keep things low key, not send over like direct radio waves that are actual voice communication that Y Man can decipher. But right. he, I'm I'm assuming he can obviously still tell that these radio waves are going back and forth. Absolutely. But he can't really obviously tell what's being faxed. Right. Um 
and this was cool the explanation of like the the fax machine that they're making like this was one of the times where something like really complicated is being explained and i'm totally like following along the entire way and like yeah. learn, and like learning something you know like there are times where they're like explaining something and i think most of the times where they are explaining something high level you're either supposed to get it or you're not you know what i mean they'll either have a conversation where it's just a bunch of jargon and everyone's you know like foaming at the mouth swirly eyed like what are you talking about senku or it's going to be something where they really take the time to make sure that it's explained in you know and the most efficient way possible you know like for for, yeah. for people out there who are reading that i have no idea what's going on they can follow it and for the people who you know have a little bit better of an understanding it's not like boring you know what i mean yeah. so yeah i think um i think the fax machine scene was was perfect in that regard definitely yeah and uh it, moving into like the ryu suite and size stuff a little you know like mm -hmm. starting on page four and, and like on yeah where he's like telling him basically uh, no you're coming with us like you're yeah. not gonna stay here and uh and do coding and shit and make circuit diagrams in india like we're gonna need you to to help us out city to city type shit right and um size like hell no obviously um and it like skip just skipping ahead to like the nearly ending portion of the chapter yeah going into when size kind of sitting alone by himself Gen's like, I'm going to use this opportunity to pry a little bit because, you know, they both reacted in a weird way to that group photo. Right. Um, when we get basically kind of the little backstory on Psy and his, like, kind of opinion on or his outlook on it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then Gen kind of just steps in like, did he ever order you to do that shit? Yeah, like, dude, it that sounds was to massive. Me, for real, like. Cause that's, that was, yeah. Like you think back, like Reeves, we's always ordering people around saying like, Oh, this is what I want. Do this, yeah. do that. I got this. But he never tells people like, to do things. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I think he just wanted a brother. And then, yeah. you know, Cy came to that realization and thought back like, damn, he really did never tell me like, you have to do this. He was, right. it was always requests. Like, let's do this. Let's play some chess. Like, let's, yeah. let's have some fun type shit. Yeah. And, uh, the dialogue that we get from Gen about Ryusui. Dear Ryusui just wanted to spend time together with you. That's the that's my read of the situation. He desires anything and everything, does he not? Including a brother in the truest sense. Fire. Like that. Mm, that yeah. was so good. This is like hidden value, I feel like, for Gen's character because as the mentalist or as like the um, person on the ship that just understands the human mind and just people the most and how they interact day to day you he's always kind of using it in a sly way he's always using it like for like underhanded you know like shady you know seedy things you know what i mean and that's that's a part of his character it's a, it's a lot of what we love about his character but at the end of the day like he's also a qualified psychologist you know what i yes. mean so like when he sees this kind of you know um this kind of dysfunction you know between these two brothers for whatever whatever reason there is of course he's going to be like i want to get to the bottom of that because one he's probably just super curious and, and is just really nosy you know by nature and then also he's going to have words that mattered in this kind of situation the most of these two individuals because he is a mentalist he is someone who is his entire trade and their entire special special specialization is uh related to how humans you know kind of behave and how they work together and how they behave together so this was beautiful for that i love the sai and ryusui story 
because like you were saying, it is a um, it's a situation where we are used to Ryusui's behavior by now after having him in the story for so long. We're used to his behavior just as shonen fans in general. You know what I mean? Like this is a character personality that we're very used to inside mm -hmm. of this area of fiction. You know what I mean? So it's very easy for us to kind of um, miss the underlying kind of um, dynamic or theme that this chapter is kind of bringing to light because it's like it's just Ryusui shit it's just shonen shit and then now they're kind of like focusing in on like yo this guy's kind of an asshole all he does is just he's just rich privileged entitled running around telling everyone what to do you know what i mean and that's what it totally seemed like on the surface and there was even at a point these last couple chapters where i'm like dude does Ryusui suck you know what i mean and then no it was all coming up to this chapter where it goes like dude that's just who he is as a person you know he has this personality he's very loud he's he he's very blunt you know what i mean but at the end of the day he's just trying to hang out with you and you're yeah. kind of like misinterpreting it as you know rich kid bossing me around when it's just rich kid wants company you know what i mean because they're both kind of black sheep of their family in a certain regard yeah you know what i mean so even though Ryusui never like made it known externally that that shit was weighing down on him and he kind of like laughed his way through that anxiety and that depression or whatever it is you know or he yelled his way through it that, that big bombastic personality shines through no matter what but then you get panels that show him you know and like on the bottom of page 17 you know what i mean that show him and sai being outcasted from the rest of the family for whatever reason that is on reusui's end and sai's end so there's a lot that they have to you know um there's a lot that that brings them together you know what i mean like in this kind of moment and especially because it seems like sai when sai is like no i'm gonna stay here in india doing code all the time because i don't want to be with Ryusui. and it's like well dude like you didn't want to be with Ryusui corp or nanami corp you know what i mean like just sitting and doing their code and doing what they told you all the time you wanted the same thing that Ryusui wanted the whole time and you just thought that the methods on how they approached you to get you to do things or to spend time with them were all your, your outlook was just wrong you know what i mean yeah. like and he was about to willingly subject himself to a similar kind of life that he was living pre-petrification you know what i mean because he didn't get it you know what i mean and yeah he, and now that he's like wait a minute he just wanted to hang out with me he just wanted a brother it's like okay well now i'm gonna go with you because everybody understands the situation entirely it was just a lack of communication at the end of the day you know what i mean which is perfect for gen to come in and and you know, and uh, and be a you know a peer mediator for. Yes. Storytelling is just like off the charts. And the in this. the art on the last few panels or the last few pages rather, mm -hmm. from page eighteen through the end of the chapter, just the art is fantastic. The uh, the hand panel of Reusefully putting his hand on size and telling him like, "I'll be so bored if you don't come." You know what I'm saying? Right. We finally got reunited. I finally got you back. Yes. Now you finna, now you finna abandon me again, cuz. Yeah, <laughs> can't be doing no, bro. All that. Yeah, yeah, that hand over the other hand, hand on top of the hand panel, playing chess at the beginning of page eighteen. Ah, I was like, yeah, yeah, this, uh, this the one, this the one, and this is the perfect kind of like character development and 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 um and character you know interactions that you kind of want before you go out into whatever the fuck they're about to and and i don't know if it's going to be conflict yet i think that they're still in like a very um because like that kind of seems to be the flow of storytelling inside of dr stone it's exploration invention conflict exploration invention conflict you know what i mean and we just came out of a massive conflict so there's probably going to be 
a good deal of just exploration and building and inventing shit you know for a while but you, you never know they could run into well who could they run into actually because everybody was repetrified again yeah so yeah why man might actually now that i think about it why man might be the next um the next like real physical issue that they face right why man gonna pull up yeah so you think why man's coming down no nah, i don't think so oh wow for real. i was just i was about around, to but that would be nuts. <laughs> like what are we building this fucking rocket for now like now yeah. that i'm thinking about it i guess i haven't really thought about it too much it's like man it's like i love the the exploring and the the, the chronicling and the and like the the invention like aspect of Doctor Stone a lot more than I than the conflict, but I guess I'm sitting here going like who is the next bad guy going to be before Y Man? Because I'm pretty sure Y Man's like final boss. So if, is the series like really that close to ending, or are we going to or that close to a climax, or are we going to spend like a great deal on the sea doing a bunch of like you know slice of life type shit? You know what I mean? Which yeah. would be totally fine. Give me all the science. You know what I'm saying? Like you can fucking make the rest of the series scientific exploration and invention, and then the last ten chapters fight Y Man, and I won't fucking care. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just like never thought about it before. I guess yeah. for real. Yeah. <clears throat> Something we get to that's pretty cool in the chapter is on page sixteen. On the bottom panel, after Reuse, we bust in and ask him to play chess. He is holding the chess set. And he has the same look on his face as page 12 when he goes to ask him to play chess and he had left and he's on the plane the next panel. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then Sai, you know, obviously he didn't see the first time, but it's just a nice little yeah. thing for us to realize. And then Sai obviously is moved by the look of like, which way, you, you ain't trying to play no chess, bro? Yeah. Wow. What's up, man? Yeah, that's great. That's great. I didn't even like for some. I'm so I feel so dumb reading this manga sometimes because it's like it's so like the link is there. It's like right earlier in the chapter, right there. That beautiful panel of young Ryusui holding the fucking chess set, looking sad as shit, and then boom! Hey, I'm here with more chess. Yeah, god damn it. And it has the same like spackled white on the black effect that um, on the next page we see in Gen's black portion of his hair. I'm glad I didn't say it because it has the same effect. It's probably just for artistic effect. But I oh, thought sure. I took it initially as like, you know, you're showing you're you're making the point about how Gen is really like a mentalist. Yeah. <clears throat> and he and he kinda understands the the mental aspect of people better than anybody in the squad. And before I saw this reuse we you know, panel a little closer with the white spackling on his suit, I oh, took sure. it almost as like that as an artistic embodiment on gen's character of gen's character as far as like his understanding of that infinite like expanse of the mind oh sure juxtaposed with like a space spatial type yeah aesthetic there in the black part of his hair it almost yeah. looks like almost stars like dark night sky with stars yeah 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 oh that's cool <laughs> i definitely would not have thought of that but it's really cool with that page of gen with that in the black part of his hair right next to you then on page 15 of you know a panel of the open night sky with stars and yeah shit. yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool but yeah it's uh awesome ass chapter man Sai yeah. joined the party he looks dope as fuck in this last panel of him stepping on the ship with the yeah. smirk yeah mm. big, big character chapter and even if they don't go into any um you know like physical conflict or whatever anytime soon and it does just go into you know like a lot of 
storytelling related to building things and inventing things like we got like a really dense stretch of character chapters with science woven in of course as usual with dr stone but they really i feel like the the, the main focus of these last couple of chapters has been sai as a character's initial characterization and initial development and then his relationship with with ryusui all perfectly leading with little splashes of science woven in until they're like all right we're moving out and then now it's probably just going to be really dense dr stone science stuff which is like right perfect perfect leading into that yeah i think uh i think that's about all i had for this chapter though yeah i think i'm good too well with that we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 74 of my shitty mosh burn dead and the challenge to end all challenges yeah <laughs> and this chapter man not much happened man it was just yeah. a lot of jokes yeah a lot bunch of jokes, jokes and studying bunch of studying not a whole lot of meat and potatoes to dive into like analytically um but it's, it's, it's cool it's crazy how like there's literally like three whole panels that are basically copied and pasted yeah <laughs> which is yeah. great for the comedy there's definitely liked, nothing wrong with it, but like, holy shit. Oh, no, this is something I, yeah. Something I did like, though, is a little bit of subversion as far as like character tropes go. Oh, uh, sure. Where Dote is actually a smart character, you mm, know? Yeah. Maybe not smart, but he's like astute enough to know, you know, that you need to get good grades. Like, he studies, he, mm-hmm. he keeps up with his knowledge. He's not just a dumb fuck like Mosh. Right. Which <laughs> the type of character he is, like, the, uh, the cherry yankee right like the delinquent the fucking you know he he would typically be somebody with bad grades you know gets into fights does this does that whatever plus he's like really awkward in like social situations like he doesn't really pick up on cues so like he seems dumb a lot of the times in like the environments that we usually see him in but i'm bringing it back to like an academic atmosphere it's a really cool subversion to find out that he's like mad book smart (laughs) and even this stupid fucking expression on his face while he's telling him like he just looks like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. And all of the dialogue bubbles are basically like covering up his whole shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh yeah, funny moment where like Lance is like, okay, let's begin. And then he starts explaining these concepts and, and as he's going on, going to different concepts, Mash is just getting more and more like Yeah, yeah I can't ah, take this. Yeah. <laughs> head blows the fuck up into yeah. an afro. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And it's it's funny that like okay, like we the comedy is there in regard to Mash can do whatever he wants physically, but then when it comes to the academic portion of things, he falls flat because he's just a meathead character. He's gotta have, you know, um weaknesses, you know, somewhere. Why not make it in the brains department? So like that all works. And we've seen it already, like in the beginning of the series, I'm pretty sure when he was first joining he like what and i actually you want to know what the the entrance exam was like totally rigged by that like jealous ass dude who didn't like mash so i don't think that was like i think that was more so him trying to put physical obstacles in 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 mash's way that he wasn't expecting him to be able to clear because he has no magic so i don't even think it was like really all that much about school and books and like you know shit like that in the beginning so like this is great right now this is like right on time if we're gonna go into like a slice of life kind of like aftermath kind of situation like this is a great place to stop there's just like not a whole lot that you can really do to dissect a chapter like this besides go like ah that was funny (laughs) you know and like that's just like what happens when it's 
you know a comedic story that doesn't have action going on <laughs> like yeah. it's like it's like you're either getting like really serious world building shit while action isn't going on or you're getting a bunch of jokes you know what i mean and this is just one of those chapters where it's like feel good wholesome mash has got to clear this specific hurdle that we all know that he is going to have a lot of issues with because he's dumb so that's just the whole chapter <laughs> <laughs> cool moment we get from Lance where, you know, it's quick, obviously. He's the yeah. more serious character, so it makes sense that we would get a moment like this from him or some dialogue where he jumps out the window and he's dipping and everybody's like, oh, let's get him. And he's like, fuck him. Like, if he if he wants to run away, you know what I'm saying? I don't got time to waste on people who ain't ain't trying to learn. You know right. what I'm saying? Fuck right. Um, Like, if he's going to fold at the first obstacle that's not like a physical feat. Yeah. You know, fuck him. Yeah, and then we get the cool moment from Finn here, where he's like, uh, just you know, a little bit of mo motivation for Mash, where he's telling him like, look, man, I want to graduate together. Like, it's not, it's not the you that I know to fold at a challenge like this. Like, mm -hmm. I've never known you to back down from anything, and now all of a sudden, as soon as your brain's involved, you're like, I can't do it. Yeah, no, that ain't you. Right. And he just pulls himself up out the dirt. Yeah. With the moles on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely that was definitely um, the best interaction in the chapter, and I think it was meant to be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this it was highlighted all, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, this is all the character, the, the real character stuff, and then everything else is just kind of comedic fluff. Even with the art, where on this bottom panel, page fourteen, the Mosh I know doesn't hesitate to take on even the most impossible opponents with like the beautiful artwork on the silhouetted like low detail yeah. like gray and white tree line in the yeah. background low like, opacity ooh. forest silhouette yeah, yeah. <laughs> fire so good <laughs> hell yeah and yeah, then we man. get the uh obviously the passing grade from the lady at the end of the chapter she's talking shit but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta have the shit talking you know dean or whatever the shit talking like teacher yeah right yeah, not Dean, but yeah, teacher. But it's uh, yeah, good to see that our boy barely uh, barely scraped by and passed. Hell yeah. Also, another thing that I noticed just like aesthetically in the chapter was that the pen was talking to him. Oh, word? They have talking pens to make sure people don't cheat. Like when he's oh. when it, in the middle panel page, the last page middle panel, um, in this he's flashing back to the test where he reads a question he's like oh finn taught me this one and the uh, pen says to him talk, talk again, again and i'll, and fail, I'll you. fail you yeah, yeah that's crazy yes yeah, that is crazy i was that's trying awesome. to figure out who this dialogue's Who's coming from that? i can't see anybody so i'm like it must, it's got to be the fucking pen it makes sense yeah. in a magic world absolutely but now that i'm looking at this teacher though did we get a name for this teacher for this woman I don't know. Can't she remember. reminded me of some Harry Potter shit, though. I feel like we like. I feel like we don't see um, a lot of teacher stuff. We see a lot of like, you know, we see we know Wahlberg, we know the Divine Visionaries, we know you know like the strongest people you know like in the series that are students. But like, do we ever are the teachers all that involved? And now that I think about it, I don't think I think the only time we ever see staff outside of Wahlberg. I don't, I don't think we've ever really seen too much from them. I know that there was I one feel like, guy that, like, Mash buried in the very beginning who, like, tried to call him out on something that he saw him doing that was sketchy. But I don't remember any other teachers besides then or any other staff members. I wonder if they're strong. I feel like she's damn near got the same mark as Wahlberg. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, she I'll does have a very Wal similar... It's Wahlberg's sister in this month. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be yeah. wild.
but I, but I do like, yeah, Wahlberg's sister. What's up? Yeah, that'd be that'd be insane. That'd be insane. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to I'm trying to sit here and go like, okay, so are these teachers strong? Are they going to eventually turn up? Like, are they saving them for you know another kind of like serious situation? You know that that uh, that turns up at the school or like what's going on? Like, the teachers got to be capable to some degree besides just teaching right like y'all was magic, just what right? frozen during, <laughs> yeah. the, during the innocent zero like y'all soft body got frozen with the fodder yeah <laughs> like y'all wasn't out here doing nothing yeah that is crazy never thought about it before but i, I bet you i bet you komoto is probably like saving like i bet you we're gonna start getting more teacher stuff or more teacher involvement either like in school specifically like we've kind of been talking about or um or either like in conflict you know what i mean like like you know you save the older you know like characters and then like toward like halfway through the series or like towards the end of the series the old characters all pop up and show you know like why they're old and experienced you know and always have a smirk in the background whenever shit's popping yeah. off yeah so like i don't know we could see but at the same time she doesn't look all that old either i mean she's definitely older but yeah i mean she's yeah she's she's a little gray in the face i'd say got some, like she's got, got some the... wrinklage <laughs> some crow's feet wild the crow's feet no. <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well shit i think that's about all i had for this martial chapter man yeah i think i'm i think i'm, I'm good fortunate too. that there's not a lot to talk about but yeah hey it is what it is what it is <laughs> yeah. well with that i think we can go ahead and move right into chapter 303 of black clover glad tidings and this was obviously a nozelle centric chapter yeah i really like this chapter personally yeah um i know a lot of people possibly knox included that probably this chapter didn't hit that hard for just because of the feelings they kind of hold towards nozelle as a character sure. personally while i was among the group at the beginning of the series who fucked with him when he initially revealed his like feelings about noel and how he was acting and why he was acting that way. Like, I, I'm one of the group who bought into it. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like, I'm fucking with you, Nazel. Like, yeah. while what you did, I don't necessarily agree totally with. I understand you had reasonings behind why you did it. And I can, I can, I can sympathize with that at least and, and understand it and yeah. fuck with you as a character. And now yeah. this chapter drove that nail even further home for me where yeah. we get even a, even a deeper look into his mental anguish as a kid really and like his solemn like journey of solitude and revenge like through mm -hmm. his life where yeah. he literally can't tell anybody about this curse he can't mention it he can't say why his mom was killed or how mm -hmm. he can't recruit any help from like his immensely powerful friends right so what, what's the appropriate the situation to them right so like what's the what what is the appropriate response then you know for something like that like we can look at his like, like i gotta do it all myself yeah and we see how he like kind of like treats noel you know what i mean because of mm -hmm. that he's like okay i don't see potential in you to get stronger so i'm just gonna be an asshole to you because i have to carry this burden myself and he's like i gotta somehow get you out of this yeah. world of battle like i'm gonna shun you out pretty right. much but right. uh when i was first reading it I, I thought that the explanation for everything kind of felt a little clunky but like going back through it a second time because i just thought it was like weird it's like okay you were an asshole everyone didn't like you you were a character that really no one was kind of supposed to like you know what i mean because of how shitty you were being to noel then you and noel kind of make up after you know whatever event that was and then now we're getting a flashback that kind of like gives context to like why you were an asshole you know what i mean and at first 
like I was saying, like, just like looking at it at surface level, I was like, this does feel a little bit clunky that it seems like he's kind of like retroactively saying like, no, Nozell is like actually cool. Like forget like kind of what he was doing before because he was going through things, but it all makes sense. You know what I mean? It all ties together. It all feels really good. The closure, like he's just a flawed character at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Which goes against his like demeanor in the beginning of the series about royalty and being so, you know, being chosen and being, you know, just like high nobility and that whole theme kind of like he was being one of the biggest vehicles for, you know, that nobility, that nobility theme. Some of that first. classism theme. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And like that was all, you know, whatever. And then now, you know, it's coming back here. And once you get everything kind of like in a timeline, you know, of of events for his motivation, it all feels fine. I, I actually loved this chapter. For the, yeah, for it does feel like a really good for me explanation on things are like the fact that there was breadcrumbs there and this kind of was a plan from at least a while back with no with Nazel's character and uh i actually think it's a pretty good example of subverting expectations on a character from the beginning to this point of the series where we initially like you said took him as a character who was just a piece of shit yeah you know through and through yeah and he has slowly like been revealed to have these motivations have these reasonings be on this solitude you know um revenge journey type beat yeah and it it feels like it all came together nicely for me i'd agree yeah. once you um, once you kind of like dress it up as you know he was trying to do what he believed in his heart of hearts to be the right thing you know what i mean and he was just going about it the entirely wrong way it's yeah. it's cool to get this introspective you know chapter on Nozell because it, it's kind of might shine a light into how a lot of people you know of high nobility think for one reason or another there could be some kind of traumatic situation that triggers a lot of you know the 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 behavior that we kind of see inside of nobility in Black Clover so it's cool to think about that but like just tying it back to Nozell just having a really shitty situation thrust upon him feeling like he's wearing the weight of the world on his shoulders and just making you know, like having a lapse in judgment and just going like, hey, I have a lot going on mentally. I have a lot going on physically. My mom, this, my family, that. I feel like I'm the only one that can really do anything about it. My sister's over here and I love her for sure. But like, if she's not going to show me the potential that I think you need in a situation like this, then I have to exclude you from my dealings. And the way that he decided to do that was to just push her away by being an asshole, which probably was the wrong move at the end of the day. But it's yeah. but having well, context like this as to why he decided to do that makes it feel a lot better. And he even, you know, it comes really full circle at the end of the chapter here where he he actually does say himself um, as he kind of rips Maggie Kula's body apart from the inside to reveal the heart. Yeah. And before he can even, you know, follow up with his next move, Noel's like at her ass. And he's, you know, he's got this panel where he says to or think either says or thinks to himself. I'm, I'm assuming he thinks it as expected. I was wrong after all. I shouldn't have shut her away or kept her out of this. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the next panel is Noel. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We needed to grow stronger together. So it yeah. really does come full circle where even he admits to himself, like, I was wrong in, yeah. you know, the way I did this. And I should have approached it differently. But, you know, what can a person do? Right. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the shattering of the of the veil. You know what I mean? Like, you are this, yeah. like, you're this, this, like, you know, shining example of, like, what you know a maid should look like in this story and you have all of these personal demons and mental issues that are kind of like rain, like um weighing down on 
that external character that you try to show yeah. people you know what i mean and then when it comes down to it you realize it, you know in the heat of the moment when you're finally closing out this chapter in your family's lives that you went about things the entirely wrong way you know what i mean it, it doesn't entirely tie back to nobility in a way that i feel like would really um you know that would really um I feel like it would slap so much harder if there was any kind of mention inside of his behavior while he was reflecting on himself mentally throughout this chapter about how he, how him and nobles like him kind of like um, act. And I know that there's probably not, you know, a whole lot of room for it here since this is obviously a very family, Silva family oriented, you know, yeah. chapter. But like whenever I see a character like Nozelle kind of come out of their shell and show you who they really are since he was one of those shining examples of nobility and the classist kind of like theme yeah you know in black clover once that veil is kind of lifted and you know like you look behind the curtain you know like wizard of oz type shit like you see who the the character really is it would be cool if it was tied back to that classist theme to some degree and who knows it still possibly could you yeah. know but i just i just thought that that was something that would really just be like a nice frosting i on feel the, like on the cake I don't know that we've gotten implicit like dialogue or or mental like monologue from him in this case where he said like okay i was wrong about you know commoners or whatever like these people yeah. can be strong i know that like asta specifically and possibly like magna and luck in some cases have been a vehicle for that to yeah. nozel where he's seen them do things and been like okay yeah maybe i was a little wrong at least like the, at least this one person right can fucking handle their shit but i don't know that we've gotten implicit you know him stating like okay yeah like how i think about commoners was wrong you know right. i respect even even low uh people with low magical ability uh sure but it even um, ties back correct into me how if he... i'm wrong and we have gotten that from him but i don't i don't believe we have it ties back even to how he treated no noel because i'm pretty sure that back when he was like really a son of a bitch earlier in the story he was saying things to noel like you're you're no better than a commoner you know what i mean like so yeah. he was still tying it back to that indoctrinated belief that nobility is just better than non-nobility you know what i mean yeah. so like even though he was telling her to go away and that like you shouldn't have been born and like you suck trying to keep her from danger he was still weaving that into the classist theme you know of the series so at least that at least i remember him making a comment like that no he he for sure was saying like yeah. he was a big he was a big vehicle of that like classist theme in the, in yeah. the early story like you said but mm -hmm. um just to kind of go like dovetail off what you were saying about how we haven't really gotten any um backpedaling on that part of his character i right. think we have gotten a little bit through asta but i don't know that we've gotten the full like backpedal to the point where i'm like yeah. where he's saying to himself like okay i was wrong yeah i shouldn't have thought this way about these kind of people that even you know because even people with low magical ability i believe have done some pretty crazy shit in front of him yeah um, I feel so like we probably still will that. get that scene too. You know what I, I mean? Think like so it, too, yeah. it could be a situation where Asta really does the thing that tells the entire world, like, yo, this is a slum kid saving literally the entire planet. So like how do you feel now, nobility? And then like you just get, you know, reaction panels of everyone that was a douchebag going like, Oh man, I used I sucked. You know what I mean? Like this kid's great. You know what I mean? What was wrong with me? Type shit. Yeah. You could get some shit like that. Like Which, later and yeah, and I want to say... Makes me want to ask, like, did yeah. Nozelle see him handle that big-ass monster at the Clover Kingdom? Yeah, and I, and, and I was going to say... I, I was going to say, like, I'm pretty sure there have been multiple scenes, like what I kind of just described already yeah. in the series. So, like, maybe we don't get that scene, and people just already understand that, like, the previous way of thinking, like, 
the old nobility outlook is just old hat and like played out and like just flat out not true you know but what i mean so you still get the royals probably who are like nah fuck oh that yeah, shit. We, yeah we better you know yeah what I'm the tenry vetoes you know will, <laughs> will still be on some bullshit yeah but but at the end of the day though regardless of like whatever i felt like could have also been included in this chapter related to nozelle and like nobility or whatever that conversation was we were just having like everything inside of this was beautiful for the wrapping up of the 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 silva revenge arc inside of meggy kula obviously i have my complaints about meggy kula as a, a villain and just as a character but like at the end of the day like this felt so good and i was talking about it last week about how like the one shining character related thing inside of black clover that i feel like really resonates and has really been built up well is this you know climax of this um or this uh this Coleman or this uh conclusion there we go yes, of yes. the uh of the silva revenge plot so yeah, yeah hats off to tabata for for the feels in this chapter for sure and the art yes, oh my great God. moments art the art slapping. as usual goes so crazy the art yeah the art and choreography and in, in like all of nozel's attacks really where he's like immediately just on bumpers like did melts the whole eagle into the blades and is like throwing them at her and yeah. they're like bah, 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 piercing into her she's yeah. like not really sweating it because she's like i'm gonna regenerate this shit but he's like you're not blocking or regenerating this shit and then she starts to notice like hold on like like it feels a little weird in me hold on and he's just like <laughs> and his fucking yo rips her apart with the the mercury in her body like that yeah. shit is crazy fire she's like ah oh, should i can right feel steel after... going into my blood or some shit yeah yeah <laughs> right after she uh right after we get the flashback panel from Aesir, you know you mm -hmm. have the strength of steel and the flexibility of water in your mercury and yeah. uh that was some of my favorite shit just the sil the the Aesir shit we got in this chapter where she's telling him like you're just trying to go at this all alone but you need to you need to just chill for now and just like get stronger and stop stop killing yourself right now because in this panel, page three, page two, rather, at the bottom, last panel, mm -hmm. he looks haggard. Yeah, he looks he looks sick. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah for like, sure. He ain't been sleeping. He's stressing on this Maggie Kula situation. His like, hair's sort of, all fucked up. He ain't even braided. <laughs> yeah. He don't even got the braid. I, maybe he maybe it's it. not. Maybe he's too young and it's not long enough maybe, to have the yeah. braid. And this is just how he wears his oh, hair. Yeah. At that he didn't point have in the braid life. on page one either. Yeah, but he but he, his shit. He do be. He he looks stressed. He looks. It's very good representation of like what he's been going through since the cursing of Aesir. So. But yeah, this I think this overall one of my favorite Black Clover chapters in a while. Like for sure, great Aesir shit. Great like look into the despair of Nazel's early life and yeah. you know his reasonings as a character behind some of the shit he's done. Absolutely great like art and choreography like we talked about in some of these Nazel moves. Mm -hmm. um, awesome thing too that Nazel said right before he kind of got into the action. He's like, I give my thanks to everyone present right now. Or no, right now I give my thanks to everyone present. At last, we meet again. Yo, like, yes. That shit just hyped me up. Fire! And, uh, and obviously some beautiful art in the Noel stuff. She's always looking nice, but like Tabata's not slowing down with these ass shots at all. <laughs> it's gotta, gotta get we at least one in. Every chapter that she's in two, this form. Two this oh, we got chapter. a couple of them. Yeah, okay, okay. On page fucking 13 and motherfucking 15. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah in the in the ace year embrace panel come on 
I didn't like, even notice it. Like, come <laughs> on, bro. I was like so wrapped up in the wholesomeness. Like, I was like, yes. Oh, ass right there. Like, mamba da, mamba da. No, chill, chill. Like, no, nah, that's that's wild, bro. Like, why you got the ass out in the Acer Embrace panel? I didn't even notice there was the Acer Embrace panel. Like, I didn't even obviously it was there, but I didn't yeah. put that together. Like, yeah. damn, you really put the ass shot in that panel? Yeah, like, what like the... come on. No, like, you could have you could have put the camera just a little bit higher my up man, and just made this one hundred percent wholesome. But no, we got. But yeah, that shot. was very very wholesome. I like that yeah, too. Yeah, dude, when, it was when, good. And like the just the tear that they both shed afterwards, like oh, yeah, fire, fire, this is so finally fire. over. This might be like an anime episode that I'll like make sure that I remember to watch. I don't even Black know Clover. is the Black Clover anime still oh, on hiatus yeah, right the now. The Black Clover anime is like over or something. Damn, I never watched it's it. Actually, it, but... just over, over. Well, I think I they just they were stopped like... it. I think it's like similar to like um, I can't think of an example, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just stopped working on it for whatever reason. So yeah, hiatus, done, whatever. Either way, it's not coming out anymore right now. So whatever. Anybody who has a more detailed, yeah. uh, you know, version of it that it can tell us like exactly what's going on, let us know in the yeah. comments. Yeah. Because uh, I would like to know if they're converting it to like a seasonal adaptation or or maybe going with a movie like some Demon Slayer shit. Yeah. Or be something like that or put what because i know <laughs> yeah yeah because they were just starting to get into this shit so maybe they yeah. kind of left the beginnings of it and then they're planning to do like the the mid to climax part of the arc in a movie that would give the manga some time to you know catch up through the time that they would do be doing movie production and whatnot yeah, um, for sure. or the manga some time to you know distance it itself out rather because yeah. I know they were getting pretty close. Like, they were already in They the were so close. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Like, you got, we got to be, like, 15, 20 chapters behind only. Like, that's... About to start getting into one, K, one Piece Whole Cake Island pacing stretching type <laughs> yeah, shit. Half a yeah. chapter, an episode. Oh, Whoa. God. What would that Whoa. mean for Black Clover? I wonder. <laughs> Asa just like... Like Goku screams from Austin, people would blow their fucking brains. Oh up. yeah, no, the internet would fucking tear that shit apart, bro. Uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's about all I had for this Black Clover chapter, though. Uh yeah, yeah, me too. Great chapter, though. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter three hundred and twenty-three of Ubu no Hero Academia. That single step, yes. and this beginning chapter, we get to the chapter or this beginning portion of the chapter mm -hmm. um, that we get was actually really fire between the students and Principal Nezu. Yes. Where they're just kind of discussing the implications of bringing Deku back to the school. Yep. As opposed to the reasons why they brought people here in the first place. And we get this dope-ass explanation on exactly what UA is on, where, like, uh, I was I was totally surprised because I personally thought that, like, the whole fucking thing was going to be, like, yeah. and then just, like, take off or some shit and fly yeah. away. Yeah. But, like, this <laughs> is way crazier and yeah. way more fucking awesome, where, like, they're yes. saying if anything goes down, each part of the grounds are sectioned off like a fucking board game slot. Yes. And basically... It's just going to be like the ground opens up and it just fucking gets yeah. fucking, it drops in and just gets jettisoned on some fucking like speed rail track. 
to an undisclosed and so location. It's yeah. just going to be like, like a bunch of different sections of the school going all over the place like that. Yes. It's Fire. so fucking, it's, that's a way more complicated idea than I ever would have thought it was. Yeah. Hats off to Hori Koshi on coming up with a dope ass fucking yeah. idea on how the school can like move and separate itself. And each little yeah. portion is individually. Yeah. Uh, mobile and its own um devices and shit like yeah especially so after awesome. like teasing the all mech you know what i mean yeah like, we got <laughs> we got like, the color spread you know like that the all mech was a narrative we just kind of made up I'm yeah like, yeah it is it is but but at the same <laughs> time no no think about yeah, it though won't... because it's like you you have that color spread with all mech and you have the head of the gundam everyone's working on it. we were like that's that's cool what if they did have something like that and then the storytelling goes into okay we're holding up at ua and ua looks a lot more at least I didn't remember at the time it looking that industrial. You know what I mean? Like no, it looked... they definitely fortified it. Like right, put it, right. made it a fortress. Yeah, so you have like these little, you know what I mean? Like it, like it was definitely something where I was like, are they really about to do this? Like I got pretty close to thinking that they were actually going to have a whole Gundam here and it was going to be some crazy shit like that. And then to to, to turn it into this uh, or, or to end up being this was just awesome to see because one, it's like, I feel like we don't get a whole lot of Principal Nezu and we know that his quirk is like related to higher brain function you know what i mean like at least you know enough to give him not only just like you know human sentience but also above average well above average genius level he's intellect. like the, the most intelligent being on the planet isn't right he? yeah i think that's what they i think they did say something like that i can't remember off the top of my head right now but that makes sense like that early like that. hero shit yeah. yeah yeah absolutely you know what i mean so it's cool to see nezu and get like a nezu almost nezu centric chapter in the beginning at the very least like going into like his quirk and like knowing um, I don't even think they talk about his quirk, but like just hearing this from Nezu makes so much sense. And it's so cool to see him kind of like flex in this way, you know, in regard to his plan after the first Shigaraki attack on UA, seeing what his quirk was, thinking about what the potential of his quirk could be after so much time, you know, of him not being apprehended and allowing him to cultivate his ranks and grow and not just as a leader, but as a character. He like totally makes sense for Nezu to have thoughts like these and to to think this far ahead. You know what yeah. I mean? So tying it back to him after not seeing a whole lot from him for so long feels really good. It doesn't feel all that hand wavy. Not that it would, considering this is like a really complicated, like architecture, like architecture, like related thing. You know what I mean? But it does. I could see how some people might be like, this kind of maybe feels out of nowhere, but like it really doesn't. You know what I mean? And he got deep pockets, man. We get yeah. like he paid for this shit out of his own pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kaminari's like, yo, what the fuck? You got some deep pockets, bro. Yeah. But something that's even more annoying about the all mech situation is the fact that we, we get the dialogue. Oh, uh, we can even combine with Shiketsu, yeah. you know, which implies that the two schools are going to merge in some way. Yeah. Um, and then we get, obviously, like the all mech color spread, you know. Then we get the rehashing in this chapter of something that was said in early Hero, where it's Yue in the East and Shiketsu in the West. Right. And if you take that and like kind of just combine it with the fact that they said they they can combine with Shiketsu. Yeah. And then you also <laughs> think about the fact that All Might is a hero who spent his time growing up in Japan but then went and traveled to America in yeah. the West yeah, yeah, for sure. to learn hero shit there and then came <laughs> back to Japan in the East and yeah. was the ultimate hero, East and the West yeah. combined yeah. all might. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for Where sure. Where the fuck is all met? <laughs> now we're we're getting you close to like you combined. You know what I'm saying? We really putting this motherfucker together. Yeah, I love the idea, but hearing you kind of like put all the pieces together like that totally reminded me of like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? With all the fucking yarn and like tacks and shit on the board, like yeah, you gotta believe me. Carol in account. I can't even remember what the fuck yeah, he was the, like. Yeah. Carol doesn't exist. <laughs> no, that shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Hilarious. He's like Charlie. Not only do all these people exist, yeah. but they're all wondering where the fuck their mail is. Yeah. <laughs> they're freaking out up there. <laughs> Nobody's Hell been yeah. getting their mail. That was oh. a funny ass episode, man. I love Always Sunny. Hell yeah. I love how it goes into best genus like spotlight you know what i mean like here as like the number two number three hero whatever place he is very high ranking these people are obviously very um disgruntled so he's like let me do he's my like, present mike you ain't shit they don't want to care they don't want they don't care about what you're talking about man right yeah like let me go ahead and you know hit him with some best genus real quick you know what i mean yeah. like, this, was, this was cool you know what i mean because this is this is great for best genus character it's great for just like the world of hero to show you know, like what high-ranking heroes are capable of outside of a physical situation. I feel like whenever my hero does a really good job of showing that, and I feel like whenever they do, it's always like one of my favorite parts of the storytelling because when you show societal backlash, you know what I mean, in the form that my hero does, where you have members, you know, civilians constantly telling you how they feel about the things that heroes are doing or not able to do, it really drives the stakes of the situation home because you see you know, the consequences of the losses that they've taken at large inside of the people, you know what I mean? So whenever there's these philosophical clashes, like with a hell of a lot of sense on both sides, I feel like I bring it up across all of our shows about how important that is to me at this point in fictional storytelling, and especially in this area of fictional storytelling, it really drives home how big the situation is in the whole world that the story occupies because so many more people besides just the main cast are involved. You know what I mean? And I feel like Kohei plays with this brilliantly whenever it's used. And when genus was like, was, was doing his thing here, it, it, it's just a feeling that I get when I'm reading hero where I'm like, this speech is either going to hit and everyone's going to be like, fuck yeah, best genus, or it's going to be met with, you know, what we kind of like see here afterwards. You know what I mean? And, Knowing that, I still went into this scene going, Best Genius is going to straighten him out. He's going to give them what they need to hear, and they're going to be like, okay, well, coming from Best Genius, all right, I guess we'll chill out a little bit. You know what I mean? So, it was, so a sub- it was a subversion for me, you know, I mean, even thinking about this shit all the time, like when they were like, no way, and they look demonic, like they look angry, they look pissed. He didn't yeah. calm them down in any way. In fact, he riled them up even more, you know what yeah. I mean, at least visually, you know, and it, like it's just like so, even though it's just talking and arguing, it feels so intense especially when you turn the page and you see urarika just leaping over everybody to get to the megaphone on top of the building it's just everything it feels like an action scene even though it's just dialogue what, <laughs> what help what lends a big hand in that is like another thing horikoshi really really excels at we always mention on the show is just this this paneling play where he's always messing around with different designs and different like yeah. panel separation techniques yeah. where yeah <laughs> he's got this like jagged lightning bolt aesthetic to the panel separators in this yeah in this like page 11 the chapter yeah, where, the yeah, where it yeah. really conveys just that anger and that i don't know that pure sporadic emotion coming from everybody where yes. it's i don't know 
I, you're you're hitting the nail. I feel on like that. it lends a big it, it lends a big hand in that in that feeling that you're talking about in that portion of the chapter where you're like, damn, these motherfuckers are really really fucking angry. Yeah, right and it, it, it transcends just their designs in the scene. You know what I mean? Because they're drawn shaded, very you know crosshatch, very like line heavy, very sketchy, white eyes, dark faces. They look the like malice. an yeah, Matt, like straight malice. Like they look like an angry mob, and it transcends just those drawings by going into the paneling, like you're saying, with the work on the gutters, looking, you know, like lightning bolts and shit like that. It just like that page just shouts to you that these people are not okay. The situation is not okay. The like this is a very emotional moment, you know, that's shown on this page. So. Yeah. And uh, something else, like just a couple pages back from that, that we get that I thought was really just not haunting but heavy was like in the midst of all these the, the crowd of people like just berating him and, and and you know throwing insults or whatever we get these few people the sympathizers you know on on page eight here at the top mm -hmm. his mom in the crowd yeah. mm -hmm. izuku yeah. you know like worried all these people are running him down and shit I, I was so scared when I read this page for the first time because, like, they're really leaning into him and, like, making their points. And then you see his mom. And, like, for a split they, second, she, I thought... They just curb stomper? Well, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> for, like, a brief moment, I thought to myself, is she going to be, like, joining them? Like, yelling at Izuku right now? Like, just for, like, it was, like, the faintest thought. I was like, no, not you too, like, almost, you know what I mean? But I was like, no, 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 She's totally like, my baby boy, don't, don't yeah, stop yelling the, at him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the few sympathizers among the crowd where they're like, damn, y'all chill the fuck out, yeah, bro. Like, it's a boy. Like, Aerie, Aerie with Monoma, you know, chilling. Yeah. Like, Aerie's like, yo, why are they, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And he's just like, just don't even pay him any mind. These people yeah. are idiots. Yeah, you even got Kota um, and like old girl under the under the um under the umbrella. Yeah, Kota, yeah. 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 And and uh one of the one of the wild, wild pussycats or whatever. I can't yeah, remember. I can't she's remember the one that got her quirk either. taken by all for one. Yeah, yeah. I'm she had sure. the the mind reading quirk, I'm pretty sure. Or the, yeah, I think that's what it's search. It was either the search, yeah, the surveillance, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah search, search yeah. yeah. I think that is right. Um and then we get this son of a bitch again here on this panel <laughs> on page eight, man, on the bottom right. Not bottom right, but uh, right above bottom right. Yeah. The phone. Yeah. We get this fucking weird-looking demon bat fucking vampire Nosferatu guy. Nosferatu head-ass. Nosferatu, yeah. yeah, talking hella shit. He's always on bullshit. Like, yeah. always on bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm always on bullshit this guy like recently in the anime there was the scene where he was talking shit yeah and i'm like here's this son of a bitch hero I always forget. hero always gives you like all of the areas of societal um you know involvement you know what i mean you have yeah. people right in your face yelling at you about the things that they're stressed out about that you guys aren't helping with and you got people on social media you know what i mean like throwing propaganda out you know what i mean like we see literally all of the areas where you're like i wonder how people would react in this kind of situation situation in these animes or in these manga you know what i mean like and now you're literally seeing it from the ground level you know what i mean like from the eye of the civilian in pretty much all of the areas that you'd be curious about it's like what does it look like you know right here in your face on ground level what does it look like on twitter what does it look like you know in, in in um in specific homes you know what i mean for characters that aren't as involved but you still remember you know what i mean you get all of those perspectives all the time yeah so. 
And then uh, we move into the Uraraka yeah, portion of the chapter, which was fire for me. Yeah. Snatches the snatches the damn uh, megaphone from present Mike. Uravities over the crowd, just like we thought she would. We thought we. I think we did definitely mention like we thought she was just gonna like leap over the crowd. <laughs> I thought she was gonna have Deku with her. Yeah. But <laughs> she definitely leapt over the crowd like we thought she would. She leapt on top of a fucking tall ass building. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she got up there. And uh, yeah, basically just spoke for him. Let him let him know. You know him. what I'm saying? Like hit him with some with some bars. You know what I mean? On like, behalf of Deku. And it's part of me. I don't know if this is a criticism or not. But like when I'm reading this chapter and I'm thinking about you know Uraraka's eventual involvement in this stretch of storytelling because she kind of has been saved. You know what I mean? Like for specific moments, like she wasn't really there saying a whole bunch when everybody else was. So like. She was left out of that, you know, we've kind of been waiting to see what she's going to do. And now she's kind of doing it and it hits, it slaps. But part of me wants to think that like it would slap harder if there was more of a connection made between Deku and Ochako throughout the rest of the series. You know what I mean? She just kind of feels like I understand that like they're at a point where they're not really confessing their feelings for each other yet because something crazy has always been going on, whether it's school related or villain related. So we haven't had a chance really to establish that connection and therefore we're playing it as like girl uh not girl next door but like she's just kind of you know there you know what i mean like they're they haven't gotten to a point where they've come together in that way that we're all expecting so then like now in these situations where she has to like put her character out there to defend deku's character you're like yes this is awesome this is probably the start to something but like part of me feels like something should have already been started you know what I mean at this point. Well, she's like actively been fighting against it. You know, right. like yes, we had the dialogue from her way That's back right. when she's like, I'm putting these feelings away. Like, yeah. I need to be a hero mm -hmm. of my own. I can't just be a, a, a tagger along, right. you know, and a, and a groupie for Deku. Absolutely. Know? And I love, and I, and I liked that. I liked that in the story. All that's totally fine. But then when it comes to this point where the entire class is coming together and reminding Deku of moments that they've shared together and everyone's kind of you know, doing their thing to bring Deku back to reality and you save Ochako, you know, in those chapters for what she's going to do in this one and probably more that's going to happen next chapter that'll probably feel really good too. It's just like, man, it's like nothing wrong at all with the chapter. I'm just like, this is just a thought that I'm having while reading it where I'm like, man, this would slap so much harder if there was just a little bit more there for Ochako, Ochako and Deku, even if it wasn't a romantic thing. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe a reread will probably, you know, like, remind me of more Deku and Ochako moments, which I don't I've been, know, like, well, thinking about doing. But, they've been yeah. there, but they're always subtle, and they're always, yeah. like, she's obviously trying to stuff the emotions away, so, like, but they're, like, they're there, they're subtle, they're low-key. I feel like their bond is, like, unspoken in a way, where sure. it, it goes back to the, a few chapters ago when they're, you know, yeah. what you brought it back to, when they're all kind of attacking him or whatever, trying to subdue him, rather, yeah. and, like, telling him about their experiences, like, you helped me out in this way or whatever. Yeah. When when Ochako goes and, and kind of does shit against him, she doesn't even say a word. Yeah. And even so, he can't even look at her. Right, right, right. That's because right. he just knows that that bond is like unspoken. Yeah, he knows and like, what it is, yeah. Yeah. And and, and she and that makes a well. lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. If you're going like the unspoken, you know, like angle yeah. or whatever, when you when you bring up that moment, that definitely makes a whole lot of sense. But like part of like what makes unspoken, you know, shit so impactful inside of stories is that everyone can feel it. You know what I mean? Like it's a very obvious thing to everyone involved. Like Zoro and Sanji actually 
fucking loving the shit out of each other in one piece but it's like an unspoken thing they always just talk shit even though you know they're bros for real you know what i mean yeah. like in this like yeah that unspoken thing is probably there for deku you know and ochako but it, for me in this specific situation as a reader it's it's it, it doesn't hit as hard as an unspoken thing as other unspoken things in other series if that makes sense you know what i mean mm -hmm. but that's just me <clears throat> but and, it, and like I said, it's like barely a criticism. It's barely a gripe. It's just something that I thought about. Like, hmm, maybe this would have hit harder for me. But at the end of the day, nothing wrong at all with this chapter. In fact, it's one of the better ones, you know, like in this kind of stretch of storytelling that we're in, in my opinion. At least in the last like three to four weeks. But yeah, just this, uh, this dialogue we get from Ochako just basically saying... This dude's been running himself ragged on your guys' account. Like, he left right. the school and went dolo because he didn't yes. want to involve anybody in this situation, including civilians or, or us, students, yeah. his friends. Yeah. So, like, take a good look at this fucking child who's been putting his life on the line for you guys. And, like, man, when she says take a good look at him and we just get that panel of his yeah. rat-ass uniform... Yeah. And everybody really starts to like peep him, like, damn, this kid is looking yeah, fucking. Like, wait a minute. Like, God damn, what's he been on? He's been sleeping yeah. in the gutter for real. Yeah. Ass equipment. He's fucked up. His mom's crying, looking at how ragged he is. Like, I can't believe my boy. Mm -hmm. Look how they massacred my boy. Look how they massacred my boy. Yeah. And <laughs> my boy. I think they, uh, you want to know what? I think Deku speaks next chapter. And Deku think, could uh, speak. Yeah. I think Deku, I think, I think that's why he hasn't really been saying anything since he's got back to you and everyone's kind of been speaking on behalf of him. So I think finally, like, I think at the peak of, you know, the, um, the civilian, you know, emotion, he's going to be like, all right, you know what? Boom, 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 boom. You know what I mean? It's my turn. It's my time now. And I'm finally ready to speak after all of my friends went so crazy for me. Here's word straight from the horse's mouth. How about, yeah. Um, cool little moment we get from the fox lady or whatever she's like oh yeah. it's, it's the boy who saved me saved me from and, racism <laughs> <laughs> and then the the bit of dialogue or monologue we get from like nezu here at the end kind of yeah. was like a bit off-putting to me where he's like that single step feels like an impossible journey and i believe once someone takes that unlikely step and carves a path the ultimate hero will rise up one who surpasses even yagi yes even all might himself and it's like superimposed over this uraraka panel mm -hmm. where i'm like what could that mean he's not talking about her is he <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe you know what i'm saying i'm like yeah. damn is uraraka about to you know i'm saying get some it's about to glow up i yeah i honestly i didn't think about this last um the dialogue in this last page all too much until right now and now that you're mentioned now that you're bringing it up it definitely is right over okshako you know what I mean? So it's like, what does that in a mean? climactic, like yeah. moving moment for her, where she's like being a hero yeah. for for the heroes, essentially, yeah. or for. You know, I think at Deku. first I thought that fucking Bakugo was saying all of this in the last couple panels because he's the last dialogue bubble. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm so dumb. Okay, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what this could mean, but I'm excited though, right? Because it's like if you are if you are going to imply that Ochako is going to be a ma a massive piece, you know, in this like kind of like philosophical statement that you're making at the end of this chapter, then I'm like I'm excited for that. Do I see what you're saying? Like, do I see in her what you're like kind of like saying that's implied to be about her? Not really, you know what I mean. But 
if anybody's going to, you know, surpass expectations in, in this regard, I feel like it's going to be Kohei. You know what I mean? Like, you, you put this situation where they're saying something about a character that it doesn't really make sense for them to be saying it about at face value, like in any other series, and I'd be like, okay, well, let's, let's see how this, you know, falls flat. But, like, in a series like, you know, My Hero Academia, where I've thought that about a bunch of characters that I like now, it's like, okay, do what you're going to do wow me i'm i'm here and i'm yeah. just gonna you know keep my hands and, and and legs inside the vehicle at all times and just take the journey and i mean it's possible that he's referring to because like what they need in this instance is somebody who's an inspiration right to the mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. can like bring them back to the point of like believing in the heroes and uh in that sense i'm sure uh Rarica could definitely surpass all might on an inspirational level where she could be that that person we see that public relations hero where she's she's the one speeching to the public she handles all that you know pr shit but it's hard to see her like on a physical like crime stopping level right surpassing all might especially yeah that's like obviously that's deku and i and 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 i and i would always assume that if he was talking about ochako it would be on like a more symbolic or like metaphorical like level and not you know not a physical like this chick can can beat all might kind of like level (laughs) going back to what you were saying earlier about you know this possibly starting to be like maybe the startings of the real developments of their like relationship and their feelings for one another yeah Deku's obviously a very awkward social person. Right. Um, he's getting a little bit more out of that now, but he's definitely not on that All Might energy where he shows up and he's smiling, reassuring people like, yeah. I'm here, everything's good, nobody's right. getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And even less so on that like international or global or like citywide level where he can get up on an interview on the camera and be yeah. like, what's up, I'm the top motherfucker, y'all ain't got to worry about shit with me around. Oh, and you're thinking that, you know, yeah, especially like, Ochako's going to bring him up to that point where he Or Chaco's going to be that, like, they're going to be a, a hero duo, maybe, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Husband and wife hero duo type shit, where he's the muscle. She's, yeah. like, the reassuring, inspirational side of things. Sure. Also the muscle, because she's got her gunhead martial arts. She's nobody to be trifled with. But right, right, right. He's yeah, I was going to say, know. I was going to say, I don't know how I'd feel if, you know, the entirety, or, like, not the entirety, but, like, the primary, you know, um, outcome of Ochako's character arc is just making Deku a better character. I don't know. Oh, no. I she'll be like, she'll be body slamming plenty motherfuckers like all and, the And little... even just outside of that, I feel like I want more for a female lead than just being, you know, physically capable alongside the other. You know, like I I just feel like, you know, like I love when when female characters are like that alongside the main cast, you know, but like for the female lead lead, you know what I mean? Like I definitely want more for her character than just to be, you know, physically capable and also the reason why Deku is the best character in the series at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Or something like that. I just, I don't want her in oh, like, no. a, I don't want her to be in like, in like a supportive role to that <clears throat> degree. I, I want, you know, all of the main cast to kind of like shine in their own way by the end of the series in a very like personal, in a vacuum, you can say this about this character and just list off, you know, a litany of their accomplishments and their, and their work as a character you know, like, I don't want it to be, like, everybody existed for Deku's sake at the end of the day. Because, like, I don't feel that inside of Bakugo. I don't feel that inside of Todoroki. I don't even feel that inside of Kirishima. You know what I mean? So, like, if 
if it comes back to like Ochako's role just being like she made Deku better, I'm gonna be like, mm. no, well, I, yeah. that's not what I was trying to say. Really. <laughs> no, I know that's, that's not what you were trying to say. I'm just saying that's what I way don't putting want it for is her like, character. They operate as a hero duo in the future, where they're obviously both doing shit fighting. Deku's gonna be the one taking out like the big bads with his fucking like blasting away fucking one for all power. Mm-hmm. Ochako has sick ass gravity combined with like sick martial arts. She can like she can obviously body plenty of motherfuckers. Yeah. But she would be that inspirational body behind the duo where you know she gets up on the screen and tells people like look with us around you ain't got to worry about shit right. you know what i'm saying yeah because deku i don't know I, I i just bring it back to recently in the anime again i've been watching the new season of hero now yeah um heard that shit was buns. they had interview <laughs> practice yeah. they have interview practice and uh and deku like chokes horribly he can't even say a word so i'm like oh he ain't be able to get up in interviews but uh, i don't know i've been enjoying the new season i don't think it's terrible oh i i haven't like watched it or anything i've just been hearing what like what people have been saying on twitter or whatever and apparently once now that they're at like the well first they were like moving arcs around you know like as far as like when events happen they were like changing the timeline up in that regard but then also like the my villain academia adaptation so far has just been cheeks because they're legitimately just taking things out of the storytelling as far as like what we've seen in the manga like they someone put like a things they left out you know in this episode of my hero academia like tweet or whatever and it's like important stuff like spinner's whole character arc is like not there apparently you know what i mean like a whole bunch of shit yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty major i haven't watched it so i can't really comment on on it too much that's just my anecdote from twitter but um but yeah. They're trying to just condense shit too much. I like they're no like, idea. ah, nobody gives a fuck about this lizard guy. I have no idea. I really hope, <laughs> dude. I really hope that that is not like the, the thing. I'm I'm going to say confidently that that could not be the thinking for it. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that it's aired like early in the morning, you know, like in children's show slots or whatever in Japan. So they want to take out certain things that they think might be too mature maybe i don't know how that really relates to spinner as much unless they're trying to censor like his whole you know um morlock like racist arc you know what i mean like or 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 discrimination you know kind of like arc that they're kind of going with with him i have no idea why they would want to censor something like that but like you never know i i honestly have no input that that matters on the subject right now until i watch it or until you watch it and let me know i don't know but that's just what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about all I had for this chapter, though. We yeah. kind of went off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good, though. Great combo. All righty, then. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and move right into the Peace Daily Existence. Chapter 1022 of One Piece. The stars take the stage. Yes. Let's fucking go. Oh, my God. Yo, and before we kind of get into it, uh, yeah. we got the reader request from yes. cover panel. Uh, Frog playing hide and seek with the Tontatas in a bunch of hydrangea flowers. Love it. I want it on a t-shirt. It is a, it's a, it's a pretty cool, you know, just a little, oh, you know, that good time. Oh, ha, 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 whatever. Yeah. Been missing the Tontatas a little bit. My, uh, my reread Dressrosa for them. I could I could live without them. <laughs> They're all right. I don't mind them, but like it's whatever. I, I feel like no one likes the Tontadas, and like I've always just been like, oh my little my little my little people, my little guys. My hey little Leo, guys. I fuck with Leo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
And I like and the Hercules it, Beetle it, kid. The Beetle dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's strong yeah. as fuck, bro. Yeah, dude, they're they're fucking cool. Hell yeah. But uh, going into the beginning portion of the chapter, just kind of a, a narration bit explaining what's going on with the battle at this point. The Toby yeah. Rope are down. The numbers have evened out a lot. Yeah. And uh, we got 15 minutes until the Onigashima floating mass reaches yeah. the flower capital and drops. It's good to get a little um, overhead narration, you know, re related to, like, the story so far. You know what I mean? Because it's like, this is a very chaotic arc. It has been going on for multiple years at this point. I think we're in the third year of Wano now. Um, or or maybe it's, it may, I feel like it's right around three years. But, like, it's good to get, like, not that anybody should really need a recap on the events up until this point. Like, if they've been following it. But it's good to get that and also as, like, a little bit of, um, you know, um storytelling flair to just throw narration over shit is just always always mm -hmm. slaps especially as a hunter hunter fan you know what i mean like i just love whenever narration is used in like anything especially during epic times like these and one piece narration is always fire so i, lo I love mm -hmm. that love that and uh damn i lost my train of thought ah sorry <laughs> no it's all right it's all right it's all right <laughs> But dude, this chapter was hype, bro. This chapter was so sick. I love the Fukurokuju versus uh, Raizo interaction because he's like, look, man, it makes sense. Like, I'm a ninja. We, 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 we work for, you know, the Shogun or whatever. This is like a part of our culture. That's how it's always been. This is like the thing. And like, I'm, you know, the antagonistic ninja. So, of course, my, you know... Um, allegiance allies with whoever's in power. That's cool. And then he's like, okay, Rizo, you are working for a fucking ghost. You know what I mean? So, like, I am over here with a position of rank and stature, and, like, I'm living my life. I got money. I got hoes. Like, what's going on, man? I'm living the ninja life. What are you doing? You're over here crying over a dead guy and throwing your life away for him. And he's, he's like, like, nah, dog, we all died that day. Yeah, We're all like, ghosts. <laughs> I'm not working for a ghost. Yeah. I am a ghost. I was like, oh, Fulfilling the shit. Yeah, that was a yeah. fire It's yeah. like, yo, the poetry. Um, just to bring it back to what I kind of forgot about, yeah, I, yeah. I re it back on me. Mm -hmm. um, only 15 minutes left until Onigashima drops on the flower capital, which adds further butt clinch to the situation. Like, is yes. it going to drop? It, is it not? Will they beat him before? Mm -hmm. And if they do, that's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. 15 minutes. That's right. not a lot of time. Right, you know because it's going to get so, to a point where you're either going to stop him before it gets over the capital, it's going to fall in the water, or even if you do stop him, you're still over the fucking capital with a giant fucking mountain. They're over the shit. land at this point. Oh, they like, are so over the land. Yeah, okay. they're dropping on something. Right, so no they're dropping what. on something. Unless, now it's at a point where you can't even let it drop in the water, which you probably don't want to happen anyway. Now it's almost guaranteed that there's going to have to be some kind of counter force that stops not only stops the falling of the island but moves it somewhere safe again you know what i mean which is probably going to mm -hmm. be momonosuke since he has a similar ability inside of his own uh, yeah. inside of his own fruit so but still though it does add you know uh, um now that there's like a clock you know what i mean it does add tension there absolutely and if it you know if they do beat kaido in the 15 minutes that's <clears throat> that's pretty crazy mm -hmm. um but i feel like it's also just a good reminder of how these one piece fights function where like they are, you know, like other anime fights or manga fights, like these fights happen in a short, like concise period of time, but there's 
there's so much like switching of perspectives within the fights mm-hmm. um, back and forth from either characters in the fight or like characters elsewhere that are in their own confrontations. Right. There's narration breaks, like breaks to people who aren't even fighting, literally just like sitting in a room, like the fucking CP zero where they're telling us like numbers yeah. on the battle and giving us like story building information. Like yes, these one piece fights are not like the main element to the story at all like the same way that they are in other series yeah like yeah yeah, like they're obviously a key element to the story it's a battle shown and like that's one of the main draws of the series but they're more used as like where in a series like dragon ball or maybe even naruto where the fights are like greatly choreographed you know fluid fight sequences with cool moves and shit yeah i feel like the fights in in one piece are much more so a vehicle for the other storytelling elements, like Absolutely. the emotional climax at the end of the fight, yes. the story building elements that we get from revelations in the dialogue between the characters in the fight. Right. The One Piece fights are not meant to be like, oh shit, this is tight, cool choreography, whatever, like this is right. awesome. Not something you can show to somebody in a YouTube video to get them to watch it. Right, right, right. Like it's 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 something you very much so need the context of... of the characters to truly appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and the, and the, just the story in general. And I and I absolutely believe uh, agree with you. And like especially now when it comes to this Hawkins versus um, Killer fight, this is actually I feel like a break from that because. Normally inside of One Piece fights, well, maybe not a break, but normally inside of One Piece fights, it's not like you were saying so much focused on choreography and flash and flavor and flair. You definitely do get that, you know, inside of character personalities and whenever they throw their abilities out, it's definitely cool to see what their abilities are and see them interact. It's definitely the battle aspect is there. But normally, like when it comes to conflict, you don't get multi-layered strategy like Jujutsu Kaisen or Hunter Hunter. You don't get, you know world like cataclysmic landscape altering attacks like bleach at least not all that often you know what i mean but inside of this fight it's kind of like like normally in one piece fights it's like okay we're clashing i'm throwing my abilities out you're throwing your abilities out they're either going to hit they're either going to be effective or they're not going to be effective and then one of us is going to win you know what i mean like that's Mm -hmm. about like the depth you know what i mean like of the of the fights but this element that hawkins is bringing in where one of his straw dolls is linked to kid that brings that holy shit what's going to happen in this fight tension to this conflict you know what i mean where whereas normally in one piece you're like okay luffy's gonna throw an attack out it's probably not going to work the villain's abilities are going to be spotlighted and he's going to win for a while and then eventually luffy's tenacity and and versatility is going to make him land the punch he needs to land to like end the conflict and we know we can predict how the fights are going to go and in a lot of series that's like make or break type stuff but in one piece it's okay because like we were saying before it's more about the context around the situation than it is about the actual conflict at hand but in this one this is one where i'm really like okay now I really don't, I can't really use the One Piece formula here because like this is like a whole new monkey wrench. Like this is wild as fuck. And that uncertainty is like something that I feel like is is absent, you know, from a lot of One Piece fights. So I'm really excited about Killer versus Hawkins right now because Killer looks like he's like not as worried about it as you'd think he'd be. So like no, that's yeah, really I think too. I think he either has the faith that he'll just be able to fuck Hawkins up and Kid will hard body his way through it. Yeah. And not actually die. But like that seems like, 
Hawkins ability seems like a pretty concrete, like if your life is in the doll, like it's exchanged yeah. and you will die. Right. So maybe he just goes for the knockout here, hits him with the bateau side, the reverse blade, <laughs> blunt, fucking whap to the side of his shit, knocks him out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if he gets knocked out, you would think it's like any other devil fruit ability, it's released. You know what I'm saying? The dolls, like he loses whatever dolls he has, he, he got to stack them up again if he gets knocked out. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. right. Um. So maybe that's could, that could be what Killer's going for here is the knockout. It's hard to say. Maybe he'll find, you know, Killer's obviously, uh, he's known to be a very, very intelligent character who has, like, very great deductive skills, and he has a he's a master planner, yeah. tactician. So it's also very possible that he could figure Hawkins' ability out and find a way around it and, like, cut the doll off of him, and he's like, what's up? Now it's on, now you done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I literally, this is like one of those ones where it's like, what is going to happen there? It's just one of those things you have to wait for Oda to show you because once again, it's not a series where the powers are so well understood and the power system is like, you know, constantly nailed into you to make sure you get it so that you can have, you know, relatively accurate predictions of how fights will go based on the understanding of the power system that we have. One Piece is very whimsical in regard to, you know, how encounters kind of end and you know, everyone's always got a new technique in their back pocket. It's one of those kind of series, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I haven't seen this character in a while. Now he's got some new shit. And that new shit is what, you know, gives them the W or doesn't in any kind of situation. So it's, it's pretty predictable in that regard usually. But this is one of those ones where it's like technical application and definitions of abilities that we don't have raw yeah. data for. You know what I mean? Devil so fruits. Yeah, you just have to wait it's for just, Oda to tell you. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a whole... It's a very interesting concept that he decided to introduce within the story because he does have that controlled power system that you would normally think of where mm -hmm. there's like there's implicit rules to it that like that apply to everybody across the board mm -hmm. as far as like hockey goes like yeah. you know, people can have um, people can have like either either observation I'm sorry people can have armament and an observation but if you're not hard body enough you just won't get them right you can train to get them eventually you'll acquire them mm -hmm. you're either born or not with the haushoko yeah you know the, the king's hockey yeah you can train that up make it stronger um based on dialogue from rayleigh don't come at my neck this was in savoti yeah i've dropped i've dropped sauce on this before yeah i remember me hannibal and noxy were getting in an argument about it in the in the manga chat i'm like yeah. you can train fucking congress hockey they're like <laughs> they're like all right i'm tired of this argument sauce Looked the panel up on, fucking, <laughs> on, on on Google, dropped it in there, and I'll always remember this because all Noxy said was all caps, LMAO, okay, dude. <laughs> I was shook. I was like, bro, he really dropped the panel. That like kind of helped his point. I was ready for there to just be no evidence here whatsoever, and there was actually something there, and that was really cool. And I do remember that. That was funny as fuck. That and, was funny as fuck. But like yeah. what I was saying was like there's that concrete like system in hockey that applies to everybody across the board, strict rules. Yeah. But like Devil Fruit also like it has one or two strict rules that apply to everybody. Like you can't swim. Yeah. Um and if you eat two, you'll die, whatever. Right. There's mysteries within that. Obviously yeah. Blackbeard, but Yeah. It's a very like fluid power system in that like each individual devil fruit has its own set of like rules, stipulations, yeah. like even yeah, measurements, yeah, like yeah. like hundred barabaras. 100 gomu gomus like yeah. it's just that's all jokey shit that oda says but like each devil fruit has its own set of like 
just rules and 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 stipulations. That's interesting. Yeah. It's it, I think I think the um, I think the issue that comes when debating or discussing one piece conflicts is inside of the energy systems that we have, we have one that does feel a lot more structured. You know what I mean? It does have a lot more rules. It does have a lot more blanket, you know, um, things that apply to everyone who uses it. You know what I mean? And then on the other hand, you have a very chaotic power system inside of Devil Fruits that is very wild card and very, you know, you just have to kind of wait and see kind of shit. But then on the side of the more structured power system, it's kind of vague. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we have foundational rules that we use to give context to certain things, but then high tier clashes. You know what I mean? Like, you really want that Hunter Hunter level explanation of hockey in those kind of moments so that you can really know exactly what's going on so that when you debate or you discuss, you have a lot more confidence in what you're talking about. But that element isn't there inside of hockey. And then you go over to Devil Fruits where we have a lot more exposure and a lot more experience with this power system. And it's the chaotic wildcard power system where there's a lot of whimsy involved. So it makes it very frustrating, I'm sure, for power scalers, obviously. But then also just people trying to get to the bottom of certain things that happen in the action that aren't diehard power scalers still probably a lot of people kind of flapping in the wind wondering like okay i feel i have a feeling of how you know of how to explain this but like maybe by now we should just have that raw explanation to help us out you know what i mean so i think that's where the contention comes from inside of the community when it comes to one piece fights but at the end of the day it's about that overarching story baby <laughs> yeah. you know what i'm saying like regardless of how these fights are happening technically and being able to explain every single interaction you know like and tie it back to our understanding of the power system regardless of whether or not we're getting that these conflicts are ending and the plot is moving and we're getting closer to the answer to all of those mysteries that are the reason why we're here in the first place we're getting closer to the end of those character arcs that character writing the story and world writing you know what i mean that make one piece as successful as it is you know what i mean so at the end of the day it's like sure we'd want more context on these interactions but it's like, I'm not going to like use that criticism as like, a I can't read one piece. I don't know what's going on in the fights entirely. Like the power scaling is fucked. Like I'm dropping this, <laughs> you know, right. which I've seen people say, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I think you're reading for the wrong reasons if that's the case, but yeah. Most definitely. And then we get this badass double sprayed of mm -hmm. uh of king the wildfire and queen the plague on them mm -hmm. this all flexed up all their glory the price for treason is very steep as he holds this dude by his dome and just burns him alive bro yeah. oh my god oh yeah yeah man and uh what's funny is that this dude looks looks like katakuri a little bit the way he's dressed you know what i'm saying top left of the spread. yeah the one oh. that's getting burned Oh, the one that's getting burned. Oh, look sure. Little, look at his little fluffy neck piece with the with the with the bare back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The gloves Katakuri was wearing, the, the yeah. leather pants on him. Like, ah, he looks. He I looks, thought this was like a fucking like gorilla smile, dude. It is a gorilla yeah. smile, I believe. But like, yeah, just, just the it, perspective. Just, yeah, the aesthetic of his clothes looks like yeah. a little bit like Katakuri. Yeah, me. I see it now. I think I see it now because because like plus the way that he's like shit is melting in the back kind of like creates the effect of that feathered scarf. That he oh, kind of wears too. Melting down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's out of here. Thought buddy was wearing a scarf. Damn. No, I think that's literally just like him melting. And we maybe. get a panel of Marco slumped up. 
but like a page was, or two later. I was he's... like, oh shit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, when did he get, you know, but then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He's been boxing them. Yeah. For a while. He's been boxing sense. both of them. Yeah. yeah for you know sure. what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. Until the point where Sanji showed up. And even mm-hmm. then, Sanji's like focused on kind of trying to protect Zoro from the mobs and shit. Mm-hmm. So he's not really fully committed to fighting Queen. So Marco is probably still having to do a lot of the work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we 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 basically just uh, I like this moment, obviously, with Perro Sparrow about to snipe Sanji, <laughs> yeah. and we get my fucking Nico Mamushi, yes, Nico Mamushi, Nico Danu Nani. <laughs> Yo, he's like, bitch, what the fuck you talking about? And he said, step outside. Yeah, Pedro. You know what I'm saying? Did he smack him outside too? Like, yeah, I think he smacked smack him right him. outside. He's like, "Step outside, uh, player. We got some things uh, that we got to handle away from Gen Pop." Where did I, I got to talk Gen to Pop. you? <laughs> <laughs> I got to talk to you for a minute. Step outside. I just want to talk. <laughs> hell yeah, bro! Like, well, and they're outside now, but oh, it's still hella cloudy because of Ka- uh, Kaido, man. Damn, yeah. I was like, he finna go so long and flex on him. Yeah, we gonna, we, gonna, we, gonna get a, we gonna get a gust. You know what I'm saying? We gonna get a gust. <laughs> Gus Tempo, Gus Sword, whatever the fuck that shit is. We're going to get this out of here. This, the moon going to come back. The guy's going to yeah, turn right. up again. Dude, Pero Sparrow's face, like when he gets cracked by the by the right cross on him, yeah. like his shit is bent. He's twisted yeah. the fuck around. Yeah, because you can see his front like shit, you know, on his like outfit or whatever. Yeah. You can see like his, his the front of his blouse or whatever that is. And then pow, his neck is like 180 degrees. For real, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hype ass moment. What a bitch. of the uh, of the chapter for me. Yeah, and then we obviously get uh, King trying to get you know what I'm saying Zoro out of here, yeah. and Marco like this was off putting. Like we got the panel of him slumped the fuck up, and then like literally two pages later, he's like, "Nah, what's up with the undying thistle, bitch?" Yeah. Like <laughs> this the same one he uh, this the same one he blocked Kizaru with. Is it? I think so. Yeah, it makes sense move. that it would be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like he comes in, blocks the attack, yeah. and he's like, Yeah, this was this was just my last little this the last thing for me for a while. I gotta go recover. Yeah. Just what oh, where does he say it? Where does he say it? Because it's time for the stars to take the stage, right? Yeah, but that's what you're looking for. He says it on the next page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he goes like basically through this dialogue where he's like, Oh yeah, I've heard tales from long ago. Oh, more about this fucking king's race yeah for sure Mm -hmm. they lived on the top of the red line yeah so probably got exterminated by the ten riobito when they wanted to build the holy land yeah right yeah or maybe this is just the holy land is just where they used to live at they didn't even they didn't even tear the joint down Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which would make sense because there's kind of like a cosmic theme to the the throne yeah right? right right so it would make sense that some of these like angelic uh beings like skypea angelic redline beings would be kind of taking that seat yeah moon exploration and all that but this is cool that we're just slowly getting little bits and pieces related to the mystery behind king because i feel like a lot of people are kind of underwhelmed by the toby ropo and the higher ups related to kaido just in their showing throughout this arc whenever real characters are involved. Like, when it's fodder, yeah, pick up a dude and melt his head. You're badass king. But then when you actually got to fight capable, you know, people that, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're not as um, threatening, seeming, you know what I mean? And I feel like people have been criticizing, you know, king and queen for that for, for a while now. 
But at the end of the day, I feel like it's a, you know, it's not as much about their capabilities. They definitely should be capable. And I feel like we're going to get really high diff fights out of the people that are involved and it'll be spectacular. It'll be cool or whatever. But I feel like it's more so about the mystery behind the characters of King and Queen that we're eventually going to get that matter more for the overall world of One Piece than it is in this specific conflict. I feel like that their characters are more for, you know, something else than just like bodies, like previous yeah. Bianco commanders have kind of been shown to be so. Well, in King, uh, maybe not King, not King, but Queen rather seems like another one of these like big mom style, just giant humans. Like, have we ever gotten like, is he a giant for real? I don't think um, so. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm 100% not sure on that. So maybe but... we get a little bit more from him on, you know, why some humans are just like massive like that. I was you thinking know? that for like overarching plot, um, you know, shit related to Queen that he's tied to Vegapunk in some way. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yep, he's so, worked with judge i believe we got some yeah i think I, yeah and i think it's just common yeah i think it's just common he knowledge. had some that's a, yeah he had some uh, experience with judge based on like i think a comment he made to sanji earlier in the arc yeah. um right yeah i think yeah, a lot of people are this... thinking that he's tied to, to vegapunk and then you know king is tied to this like race or whatever so it's just bigger plot stuff related to their characters yes, more yes. so than just being capable yonko commanders but yeah continue but then we get the panel the little funny panel like all right I give up. I'm satisfied. That's all for me today. Yeah. We get Rip Rip Zoro coming out yeah. the motherfucking cast. And as soon as I seen that panel, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. on and popping. I'm yeah. like, when is Buddy going to come out the cast? Because, yeah. like, you got to be good by now. Yeah. And that was the real um, hype driver, right? Because it's literally just the cast by itself ripped open and there's nobody there. Like, he's already gone from it. Like, yep, he's already. You're like, yeah. Like, it'd be way different if it was like, all right, if it was like a panel of him ripping it off or something. Like, we don't get none of that. He's just away from the cast entirely. Out like, of you there. You don't even see his foot in you the You just corner. get the reaction panels from Chopper and like, oh, yeah. fuck, he's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> and Marco says, it's time for the stars to take the stage. Yeah. Suntori. <laughs> Yo, Purgatory, yeah. Onigiri, and Mutan Male. Yeah, fire. Fire. Fuck them up, bro. Like, this yeah. is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. This I, is like, this yeah. is matchups that people were speculating on fucking yeah. years ago. Like, it, yeah. who's going to fight who? It's going to be Sanji, Queen, King, Zoro. Oh, will it be Sanji, fucking King, because he can fly? Zoro, right. Queen, because they're right. ground based. Right. But. Oh, I'm so hyped to see this. Yeah. I just can't even explain it. Like. I love this kick from Sanji because, like, the way that his body is kind of positioned is, like, very reminiscent to me of, like, earlier One Piece. I feel like we don't see him in these, like, really bendy, you know what I mean, like, contorted, almost, like, positions when he's fighting as much anymore. At least I don't remember. You know what I mean? So, like, seeing them fight together to attack these two commanders in this double spread and sanji like just looks more like pre-time skip sanji than he usually does to me was just like so like yeah like this really it almost looks like he's it. about to follow through with like an axe kick to the, ah, back, of, yeah. no, to the back of zoro's dome oh 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 Doesn't shit it? oh kind of yeah like he kicked him and now he's about to rah, yeah, bring it down yeah. on buddy shit yeah. but no then this dialogue we get from this them. man is bro he looks like fucking east blue like Barati uh, yeah Sanji. i saw that too and i'm like yeah what the fuck, yeah bro? I, I just really wanted to yeah anyway <laughs> and then we get the dialogue between the two fucking pillars of the king, baby. Boy, Twirly, once we conquer this battle, and, they, and this, this is how you know there's that brotherly bond. Yeah. Sanji just finishes his sentence. He says, yup, 
we're going to catch a glimpse of Luffy as the king of the pirates. Yeah. The, he Which is hype just for the quote alone, but then also the confidence they have in themselves to take out king and queen before Luffy beats Kaido so that they can pull up and get a front row seat for it is just also adding to the badassery of the moment. Oh, and yeah. you know they will. I can't wait for Sanji yeah. to whip out the raid suit, though. And some might think, yeah, oh, I've been wondering why we haven't. Maybe it's just because he's been waiting for the final like fight that he'll have. But I've been wondering. I'm like, man, if you have already embraced the raid suit, why ain't you been in that motherfucker the whole I time? Need, I need the raid suit redesign, man. That yeah, for sure. Orion, Dracula, motherfucking yeah. mm, Prince style with the yeah. cape and shit, like yeah. the frilly fucking chest piece. Oh yeah. I think I remember I brought it up before and you you were like I brought it up on the show the the design that I wanted and you're like what you just described sounds so ass. <laughs> well, cuz cuz the I way think... that <laughs> keep going, keep going. I do I do remember that. But well, dude dude because the way that I kind of think about it is like okay, so if you're going to have the raid suit modified like in a way to where it's in the can and then, you know, it comes out of the can and it's like, you know, this really cool stylistic, like Sanji style, you know, outfit. That would be fucking fire. My homeboy Zach also had a really cool idea that the raid suit, maybe um, they tinker with it in a way to where he has it in his gloves since he's wearing gloves now or whatever. And that like this, he's just always wearing the raid suit because it's just like on his hands, you know, or whatever. And then he just boop, boop. And then it turns into like the whole thing and that would like allow more for him to just like always have a different like suit or a different like uh, outfit every arc like he usually does but i guess that like even without the glove idea if he does just keep the raid suit in a can he can continue to just wear whatever outfit he wants for the arc and then it only goes into that you know for the raid suit yeah that yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean, yeah. uh, it was like it's it coats your whole body with like a further protective layer like strengthens mm -hmm. your fortitude and your your yeah. like physical abilities obviously so it's hard for me to imagine how just wearing a pair of gloves could do that like right make your legs more sturdy for instance but oh no 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 like 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 you know how um like in Iron Man 2 I think you know what I mean he has like the he has it on his hand oh, and then like, it like tink 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 yeah and then it like covers the rest of you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely I don't think Zach's uh, my homeboy Zach's idea was that he would just have the power of the raid suit in his hands I think he definitely was thinking like like yeah in rest form it's just gloves and then when it activates it covers you in like a crazy way which is totally inside of the realm of possibility for a series like one piece where characters like frankie can fucking build stairs like wall climbing them you know what i mean like build like just platforms on air you know what i mean like so it's totally a thing you know that could happen but yeah. but yeah yeah we definitely could have gotten frankie and usopp already like redesigning it and now yeah. he just whipped out like yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people thought was the case, like, because he, was, he had been holding on to that raid suit, you know, can for a while when the conflict started. And then once it really started going up and Sanji was really about to start fighting for real, people were like, maybe maybe augmentations have already been made to the raid suit. You know what I mean? Like in between the last time he fought with it and now maybe actually is when it would have to have happened because that's right. He did use the raid suit earlier in the arc and it didn't seem like there was any modifications to it and when would they have had time to modify it in that way in between him versus page one and now but like whatever you know what i mean i do remember that being a conversation though yeah most definitely like mm -hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to i want to find a, a like an image of what i want sanji to look like Oh sure. <laughs> like, oh, but these all look mad lame. Count Drac, Count Chocula. 
<laughs> I'm just like Googling conch ocular right now. <laughs> oh my God. Is you like, you like brought up earlier, like a couple minutes ago, you were like some Transylvanian aesthetic. <laughs> oh, like this, this is, oh fuck. Fucking Innistrad, Edgar Markov, Soren Markov, Sanji. Nah, for real though, I think something like that, bro, would be sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, though? I think, you know what I'm saying, you might not agree with it, but I think something oh. like that makes it kind of But I'd have to see how, how I, I have to see Oda put his funk on it, because. Yeah, you're going to put some funk on it, but. <laughs> And I mean, seeing that like, fucking Halloween Count Dracula kid. Yeah, whack ass Halloween costume, so it's not really that good looking, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You get like a nice <gasps> tailored version of that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Clean, cleanly. Oh. Pulling like, up the picture is just so funny because you could. That actually fits. Yeah, you could just say, you know, like some fucking, you know vampiric you know sanji style like transylvanian garb and we could picture it but then you pull up the picture of the like, walmart it's gotta like, costume it's, it's gotta be like, like princely though too you know what I'm saying? yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. aesthetic to it yeah for sure for sure but that was just that was very funny oh my god that oh. was very <laughs> I mean, for this one piece chapter though yeah i think i think i'm good too man all right well <laughs> That will do it. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on this video, like we said at the beginning, and subscribe to the channel for more fire-ass content week to week. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you thought of this weekend. Jump down in that comment section. And, uh, you know, we had a few questions throughout the podcast. Answer those down below if you can. Yes. Also, as we said before, check out, check out that description box down below while you're down there. Mm -hmm. Links to all of our individual social media accounts like Twitter are there. Online communities like Discord places to listen to the podcast wherever you prefer as well as links to support the podcast through our online store or our patreon yes. and with all those words said this will be another amazing episode of the project manga podcast wrapping up i'm your host eager to knox sarabada